Hey everybody, this episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California. If you haven't been, you are missing out. Guys, they're our only sponsor, so why not support them? All you have to do is visit and say, hey, I listen to Star Trek The Next Conversation, and you'll be given a buy one, get one free entry after 5.30 p.m. That's two for only $20. And you can go to the world-famous Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium in Hollywood, California. It's at Hollywood and Highland. It's the crossroads of entertainment. Say you've always wanted to go to Hollywood, but you're like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do after I go to Grauman's Chinese Theater. That's it. That's all I got. I'll see the Walk of Fame, sure. Well, guess what? Right there, on the very same street. Nearly at the same intersection is the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium. So go, tell them you listen to this podcast, get buy one, get one, two in for $20 after 5.30 p.m. Here's the show. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everyone, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. My name's Matt. My name's Andy. We are here going through Star Trek The Next Generation episode by episode, season by season, until one of us dies. Which should be directly. <laughs> either of us could really go at any time. We're not the healthiest people. We're not. You've seen how either of us eat. It's actually amazing we've gotten to this episode. Look, I think it's a fact that Andy has a trill living inside of him that ingests <laughs> most of his food. Oh. If only, if only they were really true, I wouldn't have to be doing all these insanely unhealthy things to but, allow myself to eat. But then would eat. you like have a super fat trill? <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> oh, you've got this weird bulbous thing happening. Oh, that's my Do trill. trills talk? Uh, or they just become the thing, they, the person? They I talk through, through, the, through the daxes. Through the daxes. Yeah. But they, I don't know, I guess I'll go get to it. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually. I think yeah. we'll get to the trill in season... Six or seven of TNG. Oh, probably before that, because you're going to have to introduce the trill before Deep Space Nine starts, so maybe it's season five. Oh, yeah. they introduce the trill in TNG? They do, Andy. Interesting. That's somehow not a spoiler. It's just something to look forward to. Well, I was already talking about it. Yeah, so. well, look. It's I mean, hard I guess to it know. might be a spoiler for other people. Because you've seen um, Voyager... Some DS9. It's hard to know what's a spoiler and what's not with uh, with the old Andy Secunda. Uh, you're just... Secundus of nine. Uh, Secundus of nine. Interesting. <laughs> Does that mean I'm married? <laughs> Seven of nine? You are. That's Ooh, a, that would be delightful. Someone on the, the face group posted today, Secundus of Borg, and I was just riffing off of that. <laughs> I want to take full credit for that. I'm oh, going to give great. the other half of the credit. Oh, so cool. To Craig Betts. Uh, good job, Craig. There That's you go. The greatest. Maybe I'll put that on my wall somehow. It's a little weird face group before the group. But anyway. I like that uh, I like that my face looks so impassive 
I guess that's how the board kind of look, huh? Yeah. I mean, uh, honestly, I think you have a little too much color in that photo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need to whiten it out. Yeah. Craig, could you go back and uh, we just have a few notes, a few on, notes this, on your post? On this free on your, fan art? On your, on your Facebook post just, you did uh, for fun? <laughs> we have some notes. We just, we just want to ruin it for you if we can. <laughs> so, uh, Andy. Matt. Uh, I say yes, people should watch this episode. That was my first question. Well, that's I answered it for you. Uh, uh, Oh, you're saying why? I guess that would be my question, but Uh, I guess I'll hear why. Look, I'm just delighted now that whenever there's noise happening, I can finally say to you, that's not noise, it's, uh, what is that? Oh, God, Algolian ceremonial rhythms? Have you said that to me before? (laughs) I I say that, my friend John and I say that to each other sometimes because we think it is uh, a little silly. Oh, without question. I mean, oh, I can get into it. I, I can't. I can barely contain myself from complaining about this episode, even in the opening. Oh wow, we're gonna have a lot to discuss because I honestly enjoy some of this episode. Well, let's leave that in the corridor here. Oh uh, wait, did we decide we were starting in the Admirals Club and therefore we don't have to walk into the Admirals Club? No, we didn't decide that. We always start in the corridor and then we enter the Admirals Club. All right, well, because otherwise that sound cue wouldn't exist. That's certainly true. <laughs> Let's take a walk into the uh, Admirals Club. Oh, boy. Well, in order to do that, Andy, we'll just have to walk right through this door. Oh, hello. How you doing, everybody? Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and join the Admirals Club. You heard the song. That's what you do, everybody. Leave a five-star uh, review on Apple Podcasts. Used to be iTunes. No longer iTunes, but the song still applies. Leave a five-star review, and you could be welcomed into the Admirals Club. The first one is from Gage1964, who says it was entitled... Sorry, I stepped over to the right. No problem. Do what you got to do around this crowded room, crowded with doors. I don't need to be in this Admiral's Club of yours, but I would like to be. (laughs) But it is to say, just the best. Wait, is it a club? Uh, I'm really mangling your, your, uh, your review here. Wait, is it is... Oh, no, that's your fault. Uh, The club of a specific admiral? Or a club of many admirals? Interesting question. Well, I've always just always said admirals. It was a club that admirals were allowed in. Once you're in the admirals club, you're an admiral. Well, I think you could have like an Amex Platinum that gets you into some lounges. Yeah. So I think once you leave an once you leave a five star review on your iTunes, I uh-huh. think you are then issued uh, the Galaxy's American Express Platinum card that gets you into the admirals club. Well, let me ask you this: You have to do have to show a boarding pass. What if that's you your question, right? Join Patreon. <laughs> And you become... A lieutenant? Yes. Yeah. But then you were also in the Admiral's Club. Well, it's a lieutenant with access to the Admiral's Club. Oh, I see. So they're not admirals, much like the President's Circle. Correct. Yeah. I really thought that was always clear. I feel like we've gone back and forth on that, but there you have, for canon, the definitive answer. (laughs) It's canonical. Fuzzy Noodle says, come for the podcast, stay for the community. Not only has STTNC become one of my most favorite podcasts, but the community of listeners has quickly become beloved as well. Thanks, Matt and Andy, for bringing a bunch of weirdos from all over the world together to share their bad Photoshop skills. Whoops. No problem. Questionable taste in parody music writing and overall love for STTNC. What's that, Andy? I'm sorry. I'm on the other side of this door. You can just poke your head around the door. I know, but like it's easier if you just come. Why don't you come through the door? Why don't you come through the door? Oh, thanks. That's so much better. That was from Karen. Her arms open. And the last uh, Admiral's Someday Club... you're going to get all these Darmok references people throw in. I'm really looking forward to it. The last one, that's the episode I'm getting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the last uh, Admiral's Club entry is from Lopo Dopetero, <laughs> who simply says, eh, 
quite frankly. <laughs> That's it. You know what? You did it. You got in. That You're was in. something. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a good review. It just you... has to give us five stars. <laughs> you don't have to be a great man. Just be a man. That's rhetorical <laughs> nonsense. That's also from Star Trek. Someone will... People it? will get that. All right. People like that. I haven't seen that yet, right? You have. It's First Contact. Oh, okay. That You've seen that movie, right? I have, yeah. Yeah. Good times. Jonathan Frakes, A-plus directing. <laughs> A-plus plus even, I would say. Andy. Matt, we got to go. I got to be honest. Uh, they're out of some delicious treats here. So I think you're right. We should probably move into the... Uh, I had some lemon cakes here last week that I really enjoyed. You know, I thought they were a little lemony. Too lemony for you. Yeah. Too lemony, see. Also, like, what's with the basil? Like, I get adding a little savory to your lemon. I like cutting it. I like cutting Yeah, the, sure, but I sweetness. just thought, you know, too lemony. All right. Take your lemons and shove them in your eye. Take it to Guinan. <laughs> oh That's not fair. What isn't fair? That the United Federation... What? Oh, I thought it was my sound effect. It was your sound effect. Oh, yes, it was. It sure (laughs) was. Ah, Secunda. I didn't screw that one up. Well, you know, it's very busy now in the president's uh, circle here. Sure. So many wonderful patrons that we must uh, thank with our shout-out, as we're calling it. What should we call it? That's what we're calling it. Is there a Star Trek themed thing we could say instead of shout out uh, if you have a thought email us at sttncpod uh, at open hailing frequency no we're already using that I know but well what uh, what Star Trekky uh, shout out it Should would be, be a some what, what what what's an award that you give some commendations oh sure yeah commendations are good yeah. like a like a Christopher Pike medal of valor yeah that's a thing that exists really in the universe that's fun Christopher Pike box of <laughs> Of Valor. Whose box of Valor? Christopher Pike. Oh, okay. I like it. Uh, so, Andy, last last year, <laughs> last week, we... <laughs> it did feel like that. We left off uh, We left off with the... We're going in order of people who signed up and, and, and thanking them uh, with uh, our, our eternal v- commendations for Valor. <laughs> this is not exactly how I thought it would go. But uh, I believe we are kicking it off with the lovely people who spent their 4th of July signing up for this podcast. Oh, good for you guys. So, how, how patriotic. Right off the bat, I'd like to say, hey, it's Julie Phillips. And I say, Melody Harris, thank you. Oh, Christopher Fernaghi, he is a great man. Dean Wilson, good job. Dean Edelton, way to D it up. Andrew Moberg. Motastic. <laughs> Brian Mick. <laughs> Way to be Irish. Nicholas Jones. Jonesin for getting into the president circle. Oh, there's old Stephen Price. How you doing? The Price is right. <laughs> Amy Giles. Giling. <laughs> uh, there's Brett Euler. Giling for dollars? Uh, I don't know. Brett Euler of the old uh, Houston Oilers, spelled differently. <laughs> Scott Burnett. Uh, Miller Boyette Burnett? No, Thank it's, you. it's not Boyette. I was trying to remember <laughs> the Burnett. name of that company. We nope, have the same pointless uh, information. Uh, Mike heads. Jones. I did jonesing for something before. Do you well, want to we can that? jones for more stuff. Thanks, Mike. Kyle Gant. Uh, Gant. We Gant forget you, Kyle. <laughs> Are we going to do this every week? This <laughs> I don't know. Forever. Uh, Veronica Wisely. <laughs> so wise to <laughs> enter the president's circle, Veronica. Go. 
Uh, Karen Vanhoff. <laughs> like their little shouts in the back. Like, oh, they did it. <laughs> That's the president. Vank. <laughs> uh, off you, uh, uh, Scott Gordon. Gord, Gord, we're so happy that oh, you're here. My goodness, Brian Hellman. Oh, you are the helmsman of our lives. What does that mean? President Mateo. Oh, he, oh he already snuck away in to get, oh, to get my the God. title. President, President Mateo, Mateo thank we don't you even need so to do a joke much. About that. Laura Hansen, bop your way right in here. Anders, wait a minute. Crowd died. We read this. We read Anders Peterson last week, didn't we? Did we? I don't know. Jesus, do I remember anything that happens here? Oh no, are we reading the wrong page? These people are doubling up. Look, did we we read that or no? No, we did not read Sir Reginald Pennybot, but now we just did. (laughs) All right, great. Uh, Okay, so now now Bo is getting. We're dealing with a very high level. Scott Austin, thank you, Elizabeth Simpson. You are so Simpsony. Charles Kidd. Uh, glad kid for you every week. <laughs> Kelly Co is our Morrison co-pilot. Was. Uh, Paul Carl. <laughs> um, he's our pal Carl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was just so enjoyable. Uh, Chris Dybel phonetically spelling it just like a champion. We hope you never Dybel, Chris. <laughs> Sir- Sir- you do it. Uh, Srikanar. 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 So, Srikanar. Uh, we've said it before. If you want to go into the president circle and write your name phonetically in quotes uh, the way that Chris Dybel said did, then um, we'll say it correctly. Yes. Uh, Andrew Street. It's not Andrew Saint. It's S-T, so I'm calling him Street. Well, he's a saint in our book. Uh, Daniel Perez, thank you. For perezing, for think, being in the president circle. I think you skip Ben Roach, who's anything but a Roach. Oh, Ben. He's a king. Uh, Tish Wheeler, you are the 18th of our Wheelers. Did Tish Wheeler do that work for us way back when, or is that a different... You're asking me to remember things when I'm did. surrounded by all of this delicious food. You know what, if you did food. or you didn't, thank you for the support, Tish. Angel Rivera the third. Oh. You're the first to us, pal. <laughs> Darren Smith, your name is very, very generic. Kevin Freetag? Freytag. Freytag. I'm guessing just because of Amanda Freytag, the, sh- the chef. You're a uh, you're real ice man. <laughs> Tane, thanks. <laughs> Kareen. Katrina. Cor- Cortman. Oh, Katrina Cortman. You don't know Katrina Cortman? No. She's in the president circle. How do you not know her? I don't know. You better start the. Uh, you better. Uh, I think we accidentally walked out for a second. But there's no need to start it because that's it for this week, Andy. Guys, good job. Oh, way to go! Way to get in under the wire, Sir Reginald Pennybot. If uh, any of you would like to join the United Federation of Presidents Pla- of Pl- Planets President's, President's Circle, I don't know why you would. Arr, we get arr, uh, arr. one bonus uh, podcast for lieutenants. That's five bucks, and for. The uh, President's Circle, it's uh, $17.01 in honor of the Enterprise, and you get and Andy, uh, I'm excited. two podca- bonus podcasts, if you're in and the... you get a shout-out, yeah. uh, as you just heard. Yeah. And that's uh, www.patreon.com forward slash S-T-T-N-C. No. It's not Star Trek TNC? Star Trek TNC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you know we what? really do need all the support we can get, as you can tell. Well, look, while we're, uh, while we're at it, let's just get out of here, shall we? All right. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the shrimp. A lot of shrimp this week. Oh, the shrimp's so much better here than in the Admiral's Club.
the shrimp in the Admirals Club is alive, you know, Klingon style. Yeah, you have to really, you got to devein it and everything. Yeah. Well, first you kill it. Then you devein it. That's the poop. You take the poop out. Sure. There's a real Boston boy talking and here. Then you, and then you got to really uh, boil it up real nice. Unless you want to grill it, but open flames on the Enterprise. No bueno. Whatever you need. The fire suppression system will kick in, suck the oxygen out of the area that the fire is in, and then we're done. No more shrimp. <laughs> They'll be nice and crispy. But they won't, because they wouldn't have had time to crisp up, Andy. Don't you know anything about cooking on a starship? <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Is that no? That's one, of the doors. that's one of the doors. Oh God, we just you know how it's. I we're think gonna... I, I go into Geordie blindness when we're in here. I'm so confused. <laughs> oh, no, it's very confusing. It's all the doors. It's really no great line of sight around here. No. Oh, finally, it's a great last door. Here we go. What? Well, what happened, uh, Andy? Hang on. Off. Let me go back that's in. The Admirals Club. Oh, you know what? We're done. Okay. <laughs> Captain, we are being hailed. Uh, our first hail. The most excited thing about this week is that I think we all solved your your um, oh, my dirty, issue. Your dirty cop issue. Let me uh, let me just jump right into that. Uh, the Jewish abides on Twitter noted it f- uh, first, but uh, we got a, an email from Jonathan Lunin, um, who said, "Andy, I haven't finished this week's episode yet, so you may come up with this, but I think William Dennis looked familiar to you." And uh, Matt, because he looks a lot like Bruce D-Day McGill, and that is exactly who I was thinking of. Thank everyone. And not even like a lot. In. Like, it was like... Identical. How am I not looking at the same person right now? And so, for once, I have to say, Andy's face blindness was face accuracy. I really couldn't even... And then I thought, like, I know I must be thinking of someone who he looks exactly like. You're telling me that guy doesn't grow a goatee. Seth Olsen uh, posted in the face group uh, this exact thing. Yeah. Uh, I was just looking up for a thing on Cheeseburger, which I'll post it, on Twitter. Quite frankly. Not on Instagram. There's a thing called totallylookslike.com. Oh, really? Oh, I should have looked well, there. it's right here. Oh, I see. It's right yeah, here at the bottom of that. It's credited. It's right in front of me. <laughs> but, Andy, what was he the dirty cop in? Um... What was he the dirty cop in that I knew him from? You know what? I didn't recognize any of the. Uh, I mean, I knew the credits, but there was nothing. Nothing where you were like, "Oh, that was, was like, the thing oh, that I was, was the one." Of. Yeah. Well, so I don't know. I guess he's just been around, and I had it in my head. Uh, interestingly, I didn't even know that that guy was D Day in Animal House. Mm-hmm. After I hear it, I'm like, "Oh, I can see it in his face." But uh, good for that guy. You know, I would not have pegged D Day for the one that uh, that uh, hangs around for a full career of character acting. <laughs> Who else could do such a thing? Oh, but what's happening? What do you mean? Bo's barking? I don't understand. Mm, something's going on. Maybe Dory's home? There's some dog activity happening outside. All right, Andy, anyway, what's here's the next one. on the Hales box? Wesley dating from Thomas Gill. In Sarek, Wesley mentions he's dating an ensign. In this episode, he is 17 or 18, and the ensign would likely be 22 or 23. I'm actually surprised that Jordy didn't make a joke about Wesley going after an older woman. That was just an interesting note, uh, point to note. Yeah. Do you think that's inaccurate? Do you think she wouldn't have necessarily been 22 or 23? No, I think that's probably accurate, having gone through four years of the Academy. But my follow-up to that is, like, maybe they're cool about age in the old, uh, in the old future. Maybe true. then it's like, you know, 16 to 23, you're the same age. Go ahead. Hmm. I don't know why I picked those ages. <laughs> well, he's 18. And she's twenty two. That's not a, not scandalous in today's world, is she? Or even twenty? No, they could be in college together. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Howitt uh, tweeted at us. Oh, we were talking about. 
last week. Uh, Andy Bo gets has very, very excited by about Bo's barking. <laughs> I turn around and look like Bo listening. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, uh, we were tweeted. talking Someone about tweeted the uh, Elite Force. Is that the game? Yes. Um, and Bo. I asked. Relax. I know you want to play Elite Force on a Mac, but it's just hard to do. Oh, you're over here now. Oh, what are you doing, pal? Bo says hello, everyone. Going crazy. Something's happening. Bo, what is going on? Should this, is something Dad should look at outside? Should I look at this while Andy continues a hail box? He's wagging his tail. If dogs are wagging their tails, does that mean it's okay? It's a good thing. Uh-huh. There's a happy wag. There's a sad wag. There's wag for dog walkers. I have something to play. But I feel like Matt is really going to want to hear this, so I'm not going to go ahead. I have a surprise for Matt later. He didn't want to do the face group, and I made him. I'm going to make him do the face group. You guys know this now, and he doesn't know it yet. I'm going to give him a lot of presents. This is going to be hilarious. Well, not hilarious. Touching. I hope I'm not whispering too quietly. I know. The people with that weird Andy, thing. Andy, like how the hell go? Listen, listen, whisper. Uh, pretty good. About me. Oh, no. You'll have to listen later and find out what I said. Oh, boy. When I do post, that whisper will just be loud talking. <laughs> um, uh, oh, here's a thing. I was going to... Logically, I should have played this without you because it's it's long. It's from our friends Josh Bald and Mike Mann, who uh, did a thing. Have their own little podcast. Who have their own the podcast favorite. called FacePod, which is... <laughs> a bizarre extension to this already purposeless uh, podcast uh, about the podcast, um, but oh, it's, it's delightful. About, it's about the group. It's about the group. Yeah, yeah more. Which interviewing the people in uh, the Facebook group for Star Trek: The Next Conversation, um, and they sent us uh, what is a pretty amazing uh, rendition of what this podcast would be like if it did not just borrow many things from a morning zoo show hmm. but actually was a morning zoo show oh boy this is three minutes pal let's hear it so uh if you want to pull the emergency uh break at any point you'll just have to let me know all right buckle up everyone that was Sinead O'Connor with nothing compares to you on WTNC, the only station exclusively playing number one hits from September 1987 through May 1994. <laughs> I'm DJ Jazzy Josh Bald, and over there is Mad Dog Mike Mann. <laughs> Ooh, that's the man. Thank you, Mad Dog. Before we get to our next block of hits this morning, it's time to go to the Emeralds Club. Hey, that's our sound effect. Feeling <laughs> none of the rights to it. More like the Emeralds Club. <laughs> Well, they are really friendly in there, Mad Dog. How do they get in the Admirals Club or Chubb? <laughs> All you gotta do is go to ratethatdj.com, search for us, and leave a five-star review. All right, here's our Admirals Club entry of the day from Tom Griswold. He says, hey guys, keep up the wackiness and zaniness. It's so original and fresh. I'm puckered and ready for it Admirals is. Chubb. <laughs> He's puckered and ready. Get in line for this, Chubb. <laughs> It's your air horns, man. Sure is. Oh, graphic. Yeah, you didn't look in the mirror today. Oh. 
Zinger of the Day is brought to you by the United Federation of Planets President Circle, bringing you a quality buffet and ample senior discounts for 33 years. Incoming message. Senior oh, officer discounts, that's thing. what I would have called it's it. It's time oh, for the Hail Bag, or as it's mostly called, the Fail Bag. Fail Bag. Fail Bag. Fail Ooh, someone pooped the bed again. Looks like it was you, Jazzy Josh. My mad dog oh, butt yeah. of the day is Linda Collins, who sniffed out this fail that came out of your butt on yesterday's show. Uh-oh. Oh, my Linda God. Linda says, hey, guys, love the brown flow of the show, but DJ Jazzy Josh made a poo-poo on these Okay. Do you want to cut Star it? Trek ship <laughs> I mean, cut- let's see how much more poop there is. Uh, you got a minute left. All right. All right, there, it there goes. you go. It's interesting that uh, our our podcast is remarkably, I would say, not scatological. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's and so true. And uh, to make the transition, they added all the scatological stuff to uh, Morning Zoo. That's right? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're really doing a quite a parody here yeah. of the Morning Zoo crew. Yeah, it's very thorough. And yet, uh, I, I want to hear more Star Trek talk in this Morning Zoo crew. Well, let's see if there is any. That the Star Trek ship was oh, called the Unturred Prize. Oh, oh, there it is. Yo, oh, all right. Oh, Just for like her, that. I'll rename it the end Nerd Prize. You happy, Linda? Oh, that still counts as an apology. <laughs> so let's throw it to Reese the Badger Batman for the weather. Hey there, guys. Forecast in your area calls for seven and a half Andes. Some possible swearing from the Matt Valley. And the system will stall out midweek and we'll get our MVC by the end of the weekend as usual. Back to you. Reese Stay tuned because next hour we're doing our prize package giveaway to visit us live in studio. It's a $1,500 value. We're taking the 1,701st caller at 816-TREK-TNC, so be ready. We'll be right back after these messages. Really thorough job, guys. (laughs) All right. That was amazing. One or both of you have more time on your hands than, quite frankly, than anyone should. <laughs> I think they found each other. I like I said to them in my email to them, they found each other like serial killers find each other on the internet. <laughs> you guys are doing a lot of great work out there. I'd say you're doing God's work, but this makes me feel like there is no God. I love I love that it's it is it's not even that directed at Star Trek. It's just directed at the podcast. Makes me so happy. Um, and here is good job, guys. And if you want to uh, see hear more from them, um, they're all over the uh, our Facebook group, uh, Star Trek: The Next Conversation, run by uh, Rob Garrison, um, or Face Group, as it is often called by me by mistake. No, Patrick Kane. Now, now, not by mistake. We've embraced That's it. That's what it is. Patrick McCain. Uh, Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. Although Patrick McCain is a good alternate name, pal. Uh, <laughs> writes us Secunda, uh, which he's really just doing to get my attention because the rest of it's all about you. On this week's episode of the pod, Matt mentions his favorite costume at the convention was the Warp Core breach. That's true. This made me laugh out loud. The moment I realized I was a Matt Myra fan is also the finest example of his being a nerd bully and has in has to do entirely with the warp core breach that occurred in the episode Timescape. Mm-hmm. The single greatest episode of the old Nerdist podcast was when LeVar Burton was guest, yep. and Matt spent, I don't know, around 20 minutes of the show so just true. accosting his hero for not remembering 
that uh, one show out of over 175 episodes from 20 years earlier. Um, in Matt's defense, which I do not have to offer, as he himself yelled it at uh, LeVar Burton, uh-huh. it was, in point of fact, even a Geordie episode. Um, <laughs> it was. The entire thing was so it inappropriate was. and so utterly rude, bordering on downright mean, but it was just so damn sincere. It made me realize while laughing so hard that Matt Myra was once long ago the sad kid sitting alone in his room playing with his Star Trek toys, wishing not for friends like most people would, but rather a better world for all, dreaming of that Trek utopia. Which is to say, I realized that Matt Myra was me. (laughs) And to have LeVar not remember an episode meant it was, at least on some level, just a job to him, not a unique calling. Which I don't know if I agree with that, but putting reality just a little bit farther from the dream. And Matt was just processing uh, that moment in real time on a pod, and I was delighting in his sorrow like a nerd bully. Uh, proof that there's a little Matt Myrus in, in us all. That being said, I can't imagine a world uh, where I'd yell at LeVar Burton. So, Andy, the next time you get frustrated with your co-host, listen to that episode and realize that ang- his anger has nothing to do with you. Well, maybe a little to do with you. Keep it up. Love the pod. Been with it to, uh, from the start. Oh, be with it. Been with it till yeah. the start. Yeah. Will be there till the end. Uh, sincerely, Patrick J. Kane. And he has a P.S., an email I meant to email you about a year ago, but while I'm lazy, while the use of Oops, I Did It Again could theoretically be argued fair usage, you completely lose that legal defense when you accept money to play a song you do not possess the rights to. So if you guys <laughs> so are still true. doing that, stop. That's However, so true. I thought the question that immediately uh, came up to me is, uh, or, or uh, <laughs> appeared in my brain is, uh, but do we just have to give her back all the $17.01 that that gentleman paid us? Every time we played it, or we have to give, are we like under, are we, you know, open to a, a full lawsuit? Uh, I've seen Britney in concert and uh, paid a lot of money for some tickets. Is that going to be And a, quite your, frankly, your defense? I think she owes us. <laughs> Very good. Um, well, I'll back that. Was that. A really, that was a really nice email. It was a beautiful email. It's so, it's so. That that was the purest of me, I think. That that episode of the uh, Nerdist podcast. You think so? How long ago was that? Uh, that was. I mean, I was still at G four at the time, so that was had to be like two thousand twelve ish. Yeah, something like that. And um, yeah, I didn't know what they were talking about when I walked in. I just started yammering about Star Trek immediately because I was a little bit late. Sure, because I was upstairs doing like work, um, but. That was the start of like a very la- like you know Lavar and I are That's very secunda nightmare. You're you're not just late, <laughs> but you're late to meet your hero. Well, look, I was you know I was doing. I had to like you can't I can't I couldn't always leave on time to get down to the podcast. But um, Lavar has been every time I've seen him since has been super. You were rapping for quite a bit with him. I actually have those are other pictures, and those I will put up. Uh, I have I sneaked a couple of pictures as I was skulking in the shadows from the cast um, of uh, Matt talking to Lavar, chatting up a storm. Good, you know, good guy. We had dinner that night. You did the night before. Oh, I knew that. Yeah, but it was a just a joy. He's a wonderful person. They're all great. That's the problem. They're all great. Why is that a problem? Because no seven people should be that great. <laughs> that is, they do seem uh, quite pleasant so Very far. Very friendly. All right, Matt, we're yes. going to open up the face group. 
Oh, Andy. That would mean that I would have to get some sort of a live stream going. That's right. I was not ready for that. I didn't realize that your hail bag was over. Uh, I included in the hail bag, but I guess it, we've established that it's not in the hail bag. So I'm going to close the hails now. <laughs> wow, wow, this has never been done. And you're going to have uh, the Facebook group I song. literally just tried to type in facegroup.com, and I have to tell you. Is it? doesn't go anywhere face group if you want to buy that url i'm sure oh, it's available uh computer <laughs> access face group i accidentally went into the feeb face group photoshop dandy with a cat who's that calling matt a twat just take a look it's on facebook it's in our face group all right uh so Matt, we can handle this. Hello, everyone. Is anyone? Oh there? no, three, two, one. There's a countdown, <laughs> Andy. All right, sorry, I didn't mean to rush it. Handle. Okay, so what were you saying? Go ahead. Uh, well, d- we can we can read stuff. We can do whatever you want. I have a. There's you're, a part. You had a thing. You I have had a thing. Some sort of planned situation. I'm putting a hat on because, quite frankly, no, I understand. My hairline is receding faster than the uh, C on Regalia Seven. Oh, nice. I made that completely. Embrace up. it, buddy. Someone. Someone mortality that was so catches us all. Uh, know, only the only person like here is Joe. To you. Oh, and there's Jesse. Oh, look at <laughs> the only people here are my actual friends. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what were your what were you what were you? Who were you um, I have a you know I have a little surprise for you. Okay, um, but uh, I didn't want to blow the surprise. All right. So um, I uh, I hid the surprise. So in you're going to fa- have to... Is it hidden in the face group? No, it's in my car. Oh. Um, so you're going to have to... Uh, entertain have, the face you're group? You're going to have to entertain the face group, do whatever you want to do with the and face group for just a second hold on to my very amped up dog while this all yeah, happens. Hold on to this is going to be something. Bow. All right, and, uh, guys. I'll be back momentarily. Uh, Andy's going uh, to go pick, up, uh, pick something up out of his car. Uh, for those of you just listening to the show uh, now... Andy, Andy's going to the door, and I've, I'm trying to hold Bo, and that's who's pulling me in that direction. Uh, if anyone has any questions for me personally, I'd be happy to answer them right now while he's in there. I don't know how much of this is going to end up in the show. Oh boy, Bo, you got to relax, pal. Just relax. So, look. It's only 32 minutes into the show here. Uh. Text chain up, just us gamers. <laughs> oh my god, this is a fun, this is a fun text chain I'm now on. Anyway, uh, there's some people that are laughing. A thumbs up. A, a, a terrified person. Uh, Joe and Jesse are still in here. Megan says hello, and Jonathan says hi. Am I scrolling? Oh, okay. You stopped watching TNG on Netflix for this. Well, it's a good time. You did so uh, because we're going to talk about it. Bo, I know, buddy. Bo, come here. Come here. Come here. Bo. Okay, you can go. The door's not going to open and you're not going to be able to run away. Oh, Andy. Present time. Oh, <laughs> Hello, buddy, Bo. guys. Oh, you're ruining everything. Andy's love language is gifts. <laughs> it really is. Even though it should be food because the man loves food. I have a lot of different love languages of greed. <laughs> um. Is this which way is? L, uh, usually the there cord go. goes Got from it. the left side. 
Okay. Because most people are right So uh, it's been a couple of weeks past his birthday, but we were in Vegas. There was all sorts of distractions. Um, and uh, I was very distracted the whole time I was in Vegas. Yeah. It was a, I was very busy in Vegas, guys. So Very, very busy. Everybody, look at this. He's Andy, the ambassador of goodwill in Vegas. Andy's here to uh, bring presents. Everyone's favorite moment of the show. It's really just the way Andy can ingratiate himself further into the... <laughs> Into the hearts and minds of the face group. I just want you to note, guys, that I'm about to give uh, Matt Meyer a presence, and uh, he's uh, chosen to find the darkest possible interpretation of that. So you do with that what you will. I just all I said was Andy is oh is just trying to ingratiate himself to you people and not truly enjoying giving presents. You're going to feel so bad when you open these presents. <laughs> We're taking a shot at me. And let's start uh-huh, uh-huh. with this one. Uh-huh. Matt Myra, happy birthday. All right, everybody. I have a present here from Andy. I should maybe I should roll this down here, then everyone can watch the thing. That seems reasonable. Oh boy, everybody. What will it be? Oh my god! Guys! Look what Andy got! (laughs) Something I literally almost purchased on eBay not one week ago. Oh my god. Guys, this is the best! Oh, and it comes with an exclusive Generations mini poster. What a treat. And it's individually numbered. Oh, my God. I love this. It comes with an engineering stool. <laughs> that's a, that's of course, you need an engineering feature. stool. Oh, uh, look at this. Sitmo. It's Deck 36, the main engineering control center. And it's the very heart of the USS Enterprise, NCC-1701D. As seen in the stellar hit movie, Star Trek Generations, this is where the ship's impulse engines and warp propulsion systems are fully controlled and maintained. Perform all vital engineering tasks with the skill of a chief engineer. This speaks so deeply to my my goal as a human being. Hi, Bo. Are you enjoying yourself? Um, Go away, Bo. Whether you are powering up the real pulsating reactor core with the dilithium crystal, well, that's not really how you do that, but this is, or employing the interactive bypass, you've got all the necessary controls to maintain the ship's health and avert damage to the ship's reactor core. Alert the crew to current conditions by signaling the appropriate authentic generation sound effects. Power up, emergency warning, and core breach explosion. Go boldly into the universe of Star Trek Generations with this fully functioning <laughs> engineering playset. Fully functioning? Okay, a couple of things. <laughs> this is not fully functioning. I cannot travel faster than light with this. I also like how in the movie, there it, it does the warp core does breach. <laughs> And destroys the ship. Oh wow! Um, this is truly uh, amazing. You was this at one of the vendors? Was this why I no, didn't find it? No, I had to order it on eBay. Oh, I wonder yeah. if we almost. I out, looked for it, and then other. I was like, "Oh, I'll get it," and then I, I couldn't get it. That's amazing. And so I had to buy it. Online. Light up reactor core, fold down interactive computer workstation, and engineering stool, hinged reactor core chamber with power up dilithium crystal and it connects to other star trek the next generation playsets. it does uh, what what other playsets? what are you talking about crazy this is amazing like the the, the thing really i read beautiful. on the back it's deck 36 the engineering control center like that is such like everything i ever wanted as a child it's I was so I much was, more specific i was than a, you than a toy like this should be <laughs> i was 11 years old when this came out 
And quite frankly, I'm 11 years old again, everybody. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at the figures. You have, you have 19th, 19th Century Wharf, for some reason, was the only... Uh, <laughs> was the only 19th century figure. Weird. I don't know if Is you remember really the, the, only the one? beginning of the movie. Oh, right. Remember the they're boat? doing his promotion yeah, to yeah. Lieutenant Commander? Wow, it took till the movie for him to get to Lieutenant Commander? Well, not everyone gets promoted as fast as Geordie LaForge, Andy. What about Wesley getting kicked up to Ensign? He hasn't even well, gotten a Starfleet. from acting Ensign to Ensign. I think that's an appropriate... Uh, Appropriate, uh, what do you call it? Uh, promotion? Yeah. Whatevs. Anyway, I'm going to. That was close fantastic. Out this video. Guys, I hope you're all enjoying that because that was amazing. So that's one. And then, uh, Matt, here's. Oh, there's more. There's more. But wait, there's more. Andy Secunda has more. Here's your second present. What? I like that I'm 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 both filming this. I don't know. <laughs> and it's, it's on like existing. Video. It's, it's like, existing for it's all eternity. It's the most eternity important thing. This is I'm like a grandparent at this point. Uh, guys, it's a painting. <laughs> it's nothing. It's a cat. Fans of the show will know what oh this is. Oh my god! <laughs> is this the original? That's the original painting by Heather Buchanan. Holy shit! Guys, look at this. <laughs> look at this. <laughs> I had to I had to buy it right off the Oh my god. Off the Andy, shelf. This is amazing. <laughs> it's really beautiful work by oh Heather my Buchanan. God. Who wrote uh, by this the way. This is like thanks ridiculously again, staggering. I hope Matt loves it. Please let him know how delighted and excited I am that he of all people owns this painting. This is amazing. I can I have this on my desk at work everybody and now I have the original. Oh my god, where is this going to go? How do I, I frame a Do you frame actual... do you frame one like that? She has the sides painted so you could leave it free, but I don't know what the, the right thing to do is. This is I can't believe this. Andy, that's so sweet of you. Guys, Andy's not all bad, like I always say. <laughs> finally. Finally, in the middle of the end of season 3, I finally Finally you know, turned him around. I usually think Andy's <laughs> mostly bad, but sometimes he goes and does a thing like this. Look at that, everybody. This is this is Cisco in my favorite uniform, holding my favorite sport device. Oh, you know there's what? Andy. Matt, there's Andy. Look that's at him. not look bad at either. Look. Oh, uh, Andy. Got me this. Hang on, hang on. I'm gonna hang on. I'm gonna give Andy my actual present to him. He got me an actual <laughs> present. You're well, just gonna me give just, me a left-handed let guitar. Me, let me just follow. <laughs> hang on. I'm gonna follow this up with I. I still have yet to get it signed, but it's going to get signed and. Oh, if you don't, you don't have to do that. No, you can no, finish it up. Signed, okay. It's going to be signned and framed by the uh -huh. time I give it to Oh, I wonder what it's going to be. I was, I was just, that was just an empty shot. I was not, I'm not uh, sour in any way. I'm so delighted that he's enjoying the presence. Uh, let me shut this off. Um, I wonder what the face group is saying. Already. Let me take a look. Oops. Andy, I've already talked to the director. Uh, oh my gosh! And uh, what is he? he what is this? Delighted to sign this for you. Yeah, uh, I'll let you open it. This is. Do you want to? Do you want to tape for me Andy. for this? this so you can Andy's, get your Andy's birthday present. But it, to my neglect, I just for the record, let's just see when the postmark was five nineteen. 
19. Oh, fair. Uh, so, that's prior to my birthday, which is May 20th for all you people for well, next year. Well, but that's I the, don't make a big on, deal out of my birthday because I have problems with it. But, but that's uh, when the postmark was. So, so you that just counts. So you know. Yeah, it was, it's it was legit. legit. It was, this is your legit birthday present. But in true Matt fashion, I procrastinated on actually finishing the thing I started. It's quite all right. I honestly was happy to even get the Picard figure. I didn't expect anything. Do you want to? Okay. Now Andy's getting his present. It's my present. present. It's present time with the appropriate postmark five. 519, my birthday's 520. 519, everybody. Pull that back so my address is on this video. Okay. Wait. Oh, this is, this is tightly wrapped. To open. Yeah. So, look, here's the deal. Andy likes certain things. We've had what many discussions in our what life be? about, like, what what's, what's, knife, the, what's a you good a thing? Uh, I don't have a knife. Oh, do I have an exacto around here? This is weird present time. So, Andy, this don't bend it, obviously. Okay. I won't <laughs> You're going to have to now somehow. Oh, boy. Okay, so. No scissor at all. All right, let hang me on. Get my, There's going to be an X-Acto knife. I, got, I can probably do it with a key. No, hang on. I'm, I'm going to hold. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm rotating fully around you, holding this here. Right. Coming back. Whoa, Andy. Thanks, pal. Here's a box cutter for Andy. <laughs> so that's my favorite My favorite uh, children's book was a box cutter <laughs> for Andy. We should write okay. that and animate it and then sell it to children. Sure. <laughs> I want a box cutter like Andy, Mom. Now, you have to be careful because these things are folded. That's how they're shipped originally from the studio. Ooh, looks like a poster. <gasps> my favorite year! Oh, it's an original My Favorite Year poster. Yes, and it's going to be signed by the director, Richard Benjamin. <laughs> That's great! Um, Should I open this or leave it closed? Well, I mean, it's up to you if you want to show everybody it or if you want to leave it closed and wait for it to get fully signed and framed. I'm concerned about... Would, wouldn't a true collector not open it? Well, it's going to get framed. Yeah. Oh, so and I can and it's going it. to be open anyway. All right, I'll open it up. I mean, look, guys, this is just... What kind of friendship... Are we here to support, but friendship of gift giving? <laughs> Matt, we should watch my favorite year uh, for a bonus pod because I think you. Would. And I've never seen this. I want to watch that with you, though. I think you would. I don't know. Maybe it's too. Maybe it's too broad and 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 uh, like I love this. Careful, a, I know the director as a teenager, <laughs> but I was obsessed with this because it's about a comedy writer, basically on a. York Which show is, in 30 Rock, yeah. where I worked. See, when Andy Later. was writing on Conan, he got to really? walk the steps of the My Favorite Year people. Exciting. So, I mean, this is your original 27 by 40 from the year that this movie was released. There it is, everybody. The face group. Uh, face group. Uh, there you go, guys. This is a My Favorite Year, and uh, Richard Benjamin's going to be signing that for, for young Andy Secunda. How nice. Thanks, but that buddy. that is what has taken me so long. I keep meaning to give it to Ross, and every time I see Ross, I'm like, shit, I forgot to get this poster. I know you're dealing with a higher emotional uh, level of difficulty, and uh, <laughs> it is even, even more appreciated, pal. Ah, uh, look, Andy likes certain things. You know, you're never quite sure what he wants besides delicious foods. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we've had That'd so many discussions about this. this oh, poster. no. Oh no. Oh, he's okay. He's okay. He's okay. He's okay. Uh, 
There you go. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. So nice of you. Meanwhile, there's an engineering playset here that we'll need to play with for a whole bonus episode. Maybe we should do this every year, and then you have an extra month when you realize your birthday's my birthday's your birthday's coming up, and we can make this like uh, a second second Hanukkah slash Christmas. What if we did it in the middle of our birthdays, like we did it like in the middle of June? Yeah, Why am that. I still filming? I'm filming you still. Know, right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, guys. The first annual Matt and Andy uh, birthday gift exchange. We did uh, it. Success all around. And uh, quite frankly, I'm most delighted by... Uh, I think Andy did a better job than I did. I'm on. I'm not going to lie. Because uh, he brought my childhood back to me. He brought my 11-year-old self back. It's Giving gifts is, uh, is uh, my specific fixation. And, and uh, particularly with someone like you, who I think I'm most inspired when it's like you have such passionate, specific interests that uh, if I can, if it's like if I can really take that shot into the Death Star, not to mix uh, mix franchises. Yeah, um, I you, just am that's, obsessed. That's a franchise you're welcome to to mix. Um, but whatever the case, um, good job all around to both of us. Uh, should I just close out the face group now? Or close wanna... out the face group. Is I anyone think. saying anything of uh, importance? Uh, let's or see. Importance is strong. Make it a Secret Santa of event. Is this Andy's infamous stylish jacket? Oh, it's one of many. He oh, has yeah. multiple jackets. Yeah. And Gib- and uh, Gibson is correct. Uh, good morning from Ireland. Happy birthday, Andy. Thank you, <laughs> Ireland. That was in May. Come on, guys. I'm just bad at giving gifts. Uh, I'll take it from Ireland. I got. We gotta get. We gotta. We gotta gather all the people in Ireland and get a trip to Ireland. Uh, to Ireland. Colin Holbrook uh, cannot talk. Cannot not talk about Cetacean uh, ops. You know where the dolphins are. <laughs> this one's been. Yeah, he sent. He sent me a, a hilarious thing. Cetacean, I'll get it on eventually. Cetacean keep, ops. Keep reminding me. I'm gonna close this out. <laughs> all right, we're closing it out, guys. God bless all of you. God bless everyone. And oh wow, thanks for listening to us, uh, Seoul, Korea, the capital oh, of Korea. Really. I've done it. Cool. South Korea. The good Korea. Bye. This is the end of the face group. <laughs> That's it. Oh my god, what a what a treat. I and now I got to figure out how much of that I should put in. Um, I would say most of it. Uh, okay. Well, then there you go. But I don't most know. It, what do I know? Most of it will be most of it will be in. I just don't know how uh, dynamic audio of a Yeah, that's true. I don't know, maybe just trim maybe up cut it down. trim up the parts. Cut it down. Trim up the parts when you're when we're both when I'm struggling holding bow with this stuff. And you're, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Oh, geez. this is truly a, careful. A, this is delightful. Mm. So excited! I can't believe that. That's amazing. I mean, it's Cisco holding a baseball. How was uh, I how not going to get that for you? It's how, two of how, your great loves. How 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 how? I don't know how else the Venn diagram is in the middle, but there. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh no, Andy. You didn't get me three AA batteries. They're not included in this engineering playset. You know, it's funny. I thought about that before. I'm a terrible gift giver. (laughs) This is ridiculous. I apologize. You know what? Get out of here. Oh, come on, Matt. Oh, Matt. You're telling me they're not even included. It says it right on the box. Matt, uh, I can only say... Uh, We're having a good time. I can only say one thing. Yes. I will learn to do better, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I have to really... 
get that signed for you. And now I feel so bad that what? you've no. successfully given a gift to me only only a mere a mere nine days That's after okay. my birthday. It's my it's and my yet here I roll. Well, I would have gotten two it before, months later, but three I, months. We later? were in Vegas, and I knew your brain would explode if I said, "Hey, let's get, let's do one more thing." <laughs> so, uh, all right, Andy. I guess it's time to talk about Menage a Troy. Menage a Troy. This episode aired May 28th, 1990. And guess what that means, Andy? That means that Madonna's Vogue still at the top of the charts. Sure was. Um, while World in Motion by England New Order. Is that that's different than New Order? I, New I Order, don't know. I guess. Was favored by UK audiences. Uh, the Stand by Kevin's Stephen King was a bestseller. Great book. And Back to the Future Part 3 blasted its way into first place at the box office to kick off the summer blockbuster season. The short-lived Dave Thomas comedy show debuted Oh, I remember CBS. that. Do you? Holy shit. I don't remember that. It was canceled only after only five episodes, yet featured an impressive slate of guest stars, including John Candy, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, Martin Short, and Catherine O'Hara. Um, Everyone I, from SCTV, back on. Matt and I may be going to see Martin Short and Steve Martin in a couple of weeks. Yeah, very exciting. Speaking um, of Canadian humorists, Martin Short. Yeah. Boris Yeltsin becomes the first elected chairman of the Russian Socialist Republic. He would later take office as the first elected president and hold office for over eight years. Time Magazine's cover featured an ER surgeon in full scrubs with the caption, Emergency! Overwhelmed and understaffed medicines front lines are collapsing across America. I can think of no better sentence to listen to Vogue to. It is truly <laughs> synchronicitous. <laughs> oh, there she is. It's a good melody. It's a good song. I mean, she's look, a, uh, she's a super talent. Super talent. Michigan's she, own. She knows what she's doing in terms of pop songs. She's Michigan, right? Or is she Minnesota? I loved Madonna when I was younger. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Who didn't? I don't know. Did someone not love Madonna? I guess I feel like people like us, particularly people like you, who who like have a you know more of a, a hard rock and roll fixation, yeah, have prejudices against Madonna. Well, there was never. Any... I've always loved girl bubblegum kind of pop stuff. I like pop. There's a, there's a there's a science to a good pop song, yeah. and there's a um, there's a quality to a good pop song that I think is is un, underappreciated. Like even like songs like uh, as recently as like, I mean, of course you you know everything Bruno Mars touches turns to amazing because the guy just knows how to produce and write and sing a uh, and is it the producing or is it who's that production producing guy who did his biggest hit uh mark ronson yes so it's it's is does bruno mark Mark ronson's records by the way get those they're great amazing so look anyway we're 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 pop fans here and that's why we're going to talk about menage a troy <laughs> this uh, was Stardate 43930.7, directed by Rob Legato. Written by. Oh, I'm so sorry, everybody. I jumped the page too quickly. On La- This is out of Larry Nemechek's Star Trek The Next Generation comp- uh, Companion Revised Edition. Uh, written by Fred Bronson and Susan Sackett. And here is the plot synopsis. Again, 50 minutes in. We keep doing that. Uh, well, an hour we, of a show. In fairness, we do. We have added a segment. We added face group. Yeah. Um, you know, today we had presents. 
present time. Face present. <laughs> we had our new we are a new segment present time. Our yearly segment. <laughs> you know what? Let's make it a biannual thing, just like the Beta Z trade conference. Nice. Oh, see what I did there? Uh, by the way, I, I assume you're joking. I'd be I would happily Is biannual that's twice a year, right? Yes. I would happily set up a, oh, is it or is it is that every two Or is years? that every two years? What is that? You know what? I bet someone's going to hail us and tell us all about it. I can look it up easily. Uh, um, so here's the plot. Twice a year, biannual. Okay. Um, yes, go ahead. Picard and Betazoid officials have their doubts about allowing Ferengi to take part in the biannual Beta Z trade conference, but it seems to come to a smooth conclusion for all, except Luxana Troy, Deanna's mother, who is followed by the pesky love-struck Damon Tog. Riker and Troy stay behind for a rare romantic shore leave on the planet while their ship finishes a routine assignment. But just as Luxana interrupts once again to nag her daughter about settling down, Tog appears and kidnaps all three, determined to use Luxana's telepathic skills for his own profit and to make her his mate. Riker and Troy outfox their guards and try to secretly signal their ship while Luxana keeps both Tog and her conscience at bay. Uh, meanwhile, Wesley is due to leave to take his Starfleet Academy orals but stays behind at the last minute to help decode Riker's signal, which later earns him a field promotion to full ensign. Tog's doctor suspects their escape attempt almost uh, too late, but Luxana, already in pain from the mind probes, asks him to let Riker and Deanna go free, and she stays behind. Then, with the young officer safely back aboard the Enterprise, Luxana signals the captain her old would-be flame. Picard plays along by pretending to be her jilted lover. His performance is good enough to scare Tog into giving up, giving her up without incident. Uh, and there we go. That's the plot. <laughs> I kind of, I, w- I would call back to the, uh, to the Admiral's Club review of this episode of, of Us uh-huh. and say, eh. Really? Take. Yeah. Andy, let's dive in a little bit. What, 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 what about it? Uh, what's your first instinct of meh? What don't you like? Let's. I mean, first of all, we're on. We get to go to ten forward for a fun uh, post-conference get together. Uh huh. I, I enjoy that kind of a thing. Uh, you get to hear some uh, some three-dimensional chess being played. <laughs> you know, that's good, right? Consented to their boarding the Enterprise for the closing reception. Dun, dun. What's it called dun, again? Dun, dun. I think it's Argonian or Algonian. He's going to say it in a minute here. Once the uh, Ferengi gets very upset with Riker for his chess move. Look at him so smarmy. Just just letting it fly. Do you mean Riker or the Ferengi? I mean Riker. means Gambit finished off with the Aldebaran exchange. It's unfair. I couldn't concentrate with all that noise. Noise? It's Algolian ceremonial rhythms. Algolian. The look back from Riker just like, hmm? Huh. He got you there. Oh, boy. That is zing. Not, that is not noise. Where's the air horn? <laughs> uh, what do you... I like... I want to talk about the way that Picard shuts down Data here in this conversation. Okay. It's like the Ferengi, whose minds we can't read. Perhaps your telepathic skills are ineffective owing to the anomalous construction of the Ferengi brain, which is composed of four different Thank you, Mr. Data. <laughs> Stole from you, too. Well, he's, uh, he feels like he's going to bore the guest. Do you think that's it, or do you think he's just so 
over data. At this point. <laughs> is this the is this the moment it happened? Is this is data? This you like, are on my last nerve. You know what? I'm going to promote a child in hopes that one day he'll replace this talking robot <laughs> that won't shut up about everything. Um, we get more of the. By the way, it seems like that would have been easily corrected in his programming by someone saying sometimes data you yeah, don't need to do that it's almost like he doesn't know when that is right do you know what i mean yes it definitely is is the, it's what it indicates by the way i just want to point out again on the star trek the next generation uh, engineering playset on the box it says real working primary control station <laughs> sure you know this is like the perfect kind of a thing where you and I get transported to some other reality. Let's say someone's running around with a reality uh, gemstone. You know, <laughs> sure. They've got a. They've got the. They've got the gauntlet on. Have you seen it yet? I, don't I have indeed. Okay, good. Uh, and they f- swing us into this weird other reality. Okay, uh, where we're on a derelict starship that has crash landed on, let's say, Titan. Uh huh. And we have to figure out how to get this thing going, and we can't do it. But we have with us this engineering playset. And we read the box and we go, real working primary control station. (laughs) Andy, I think this might be it. That is a perfect third act twist. Get me the three batteries. (laughs) What? Oh, no. Sorry, Matt. Matt, I'm sorry. No. (laughs) I assume they came inside. We're going to die on Titan now. Oh, no. Anyway, that was a fun day. My thoughtful gift could have saved us all. (laughs) Only it wasn't half thought. (laughs) Uh, such it wasn't a... thoughtful enough. Now, here's my question, Andy. Do you think they actually made 43,417 of these? Uh, it seemed like it was easy to acquire 30 years later. So, <laughs> Well, I'm just like very curious. Like when, you know, they do you remember how you probably were older than didn't play with these like I did, but mm, you don't count on it. The TNG figures all had numbers on their foot. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I didn't they were get all TNG individually. Wasn't my thing, they were all but... individually numbered on the foot. Yeah. And I remember like you'd seek out like a lower number. Sure. Like I remember being in the store as a kid and pulling a pile of like crushers up and like looking at the feet to see which one was the lowest number. And I think I had a very low numbered generations crusher, like seven hundred and sixty. Ooh. Um. And Not I had them all in a demand. container. I had them all in like a uh, Playmates. Um, star trek play container like a travel container uh-huh i had them all in a like a, a travel container i don't know where i traveled to i could vividly remember putting this engineering playset on my yard and like playing out there anyway back to this episode guess what might have been i love my work on the enterprise yes of course you do but it's all business and no play you've got to enjoy life relax like i do find yourself the right man Think of your future. Think of my future. Waxana, Deanna. Did she want Deanna get married for the money? What does think of my future mean? I think she wants to be a grandmother. I see. Right? That seems to be the eternal truth of the nagging mother. Sure. (laughs) Marina Sirtis. That's a good look right there. Because that was like a... Like they had a uh, telepathic line yeah. that they cut. Oh, I wonder. 
I don't know. Look it up. It was like, like him. Why don't you right? get up How on about this? Him? But they all know. Yeah, I know. But like, why not? But that's an interesting. Was this noted before? I don't think it was that that Luxana's take on the Riker Troy relationship is you let that one get away. I have somehow had in my head. That. Yeah, sure. I somehow had in my head that she disapproved of Riker because he was like a Starfleet kind of jumping around the universe kind of guy. But, but I guess that, he, that she was, wants she Picard, married. So. Her Deanna's father was in Starfleet. Oh right, of course. So I guess how I'm, would you disapprove of that? All right, all right. Hey. Uh, so Damon Tog approaches uh, Luaxana. Guns oh, blazing. Oh, this is, by the way, I like this. I like this beat, this story oh, beat here. Jean-Luc, uh, come have a drink with me. Tell me what you've been up to. Uh, perhaps later, Luxana. Uh, Mr. Data and I were about to show right and Grax the, um, the, um, uh, the new door mechanisms on the aft turbo lifts, if you'll excuse us. <laughs> They've, we've added a seam to the uh, floor now. Uh, no longer do we have to deal with the future carpet. <laughs> um, so here's my problem with this moment. Uh, yes. She can read his mind? Yeah. He doesn't care. Uh-huh. That's how, that's sort of how I explained it. So in why didn't she say you're lying? I know you're lying because she just didn't want to create a scene. Uh-huh. Well, Luxana Troy didn't want to create a scene. Not that doesn't then. add she up. She was saving her scene creation for the Ferengi. All right, Andy, what are you looking up? Uh, I'm just looking up the uh, Ferengi because I have a lot of opinions about the portrayals of them in this uh, episode. Not the not the general portrayals of Ferengi, but the individual actors' portrayals of Ferengi. Ah. Luxana Troy, I desire you. What? First of all, I'd be flattered. Anyone came up to me and said that. <laughs> you see, your Betazoid skills would be very useful to me. And I find you very attractive. Go on. I am willing to pay handsomely for you. I don't believe this. You must be aware that every female has her price. Let's get one thing straight, little man. I am not for sale. And if, by some chance, I were to become available, I would rather eat Orion wing slugs than deal with a toad-faced troll like you. So go away and find yourself somebody else to become your property. Orion wing slugs are the worst. Look, it's uh, it's the it's one of the uh, guys who was really good at uh, Stratagema. <gasps> Is that him? No, it's not it him, like but him. it's one of them. It's one of that race. Oh, is that the? Is that? The, oh, nice. So I wonder if he makes little, the same that little touch back there. I wonder if he makes the same over overacted sounds that the other guy did. <laughs> You'd like to play Stratagema? <laughs> uh, I like how word travels fast. So, oh, sorry, everybody. Ba, 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 ba. There's another moment between Again, Worf and, and Troy here that Andy, I feel that's like they're not leaning noise, hard. That's uh, Al Goli and Sarah Bonnie Rhythms. Damon Tog has returned to his vessel and the Ferengi have left orbit. My mother will be relieved. I hear she handled the situation quite skillfully. An admirable woman. <laughs> I like that he's into it. I'll be sure to tell her you said so. Come in, little one. Kyle Stricken, who is also at uh, Star Trek Vegas. I didn't have the uh, guts to go up and talk to him. Why not? I don't know. He was sitting there alone waiting for people to go up and sign shit. Um, sorry for the cussing. And 
Just a what a masterful performer. I think the next is. time I go to Star Trek Las Vegas, I'm just going to bring boatloads of cash. Yeah. So that when I do go up to these people, I will also get an autograph. This is how these guys earn a living sometimes. But you're you know? on more equal footing with them. Why would you not? You know, they don't. None of them watch after Trek. Right. No one's watching. Sure. No, one, no one no one that's at the convention signing photos of themselves in episodes of Star Trek are watching after Trek. Right. Nor are they probably watching Trek. Right. They're just enjoying uh, the fun of uh, being being admired by a generation of fans. Yeah. Being there for someone else and never being there for yourself. I get a great deal of satisfaction out of my work. Oh, well, I'm sure you do. I'm sure it's very rewarding in its way, but... <sighs> What about a family? Oh, I think we passed it, and I don't. Re- I didn't mark down the time code. I believe that Luxana refers to them as Beta Zeds. We Beta Zeds, as opposed to Beta Zoids. Well, that's you know. Again, I always feel like I'm right. <laughs> but uh, so you think that she she thought she was right too? But this was a written line. Mother, please. Well, let's see. Maybe it's... Oh. Is it in this scene, you Maybe. think? Oh, after that awful little Ferengi insulted me, I needed to center myself. Can you imagine that dreadful little creature talking to me like that? Oh, Raiden Grax Doesn't says he it earlier. That I am- oh, well then... He says, we Beta Zeds in the script are, are uncomfortable. uncomfortable with species like the Ferengi. <sighs> That's true. He does say that. And then Data goes into his long thing. He's wrong. They made a profit and behaved themselves. What more could one ask? Still, they trouble me. We beta Zeds are uncomfortable. Really leans on it, too. Yes. It make perfect sense that Andy broke it. Probably forever. Damn you, Andy. I don't know if that's appropriate. Though. No. Because it's just a... I just it's a needled thing that at you it. you and I have both done. Uh-huh. And we've, pe- people have written in to complain to us about it. <laughs> yeah. So, really, what the the jingle should say is, yeah, you you all complain. Hang on, <laughs> you all complain, but Matt and Andy were right. <laughs> oh, I see. This is like sure. Ferengi. All right, back Make in. My own choices, live my own life, and not the life that you would choose for me. You had your chance with Commander Riker. Look how you ruined that. I did not oh, ruin I anything. What happened. We've become very good friends. <laughs> All right, so now we're at this weird debriefing about ener- uh, engine efficiency. Yeah, <laughs> that we've never seen before with some tea drinking captain and first officer. You must have been in hog heaven oh, here, though. Forge and I designed Who? the ship. You? Oh, oh sure. All yeah. the equation governing its operation. The point is, you completed the upgrade well ahead of schedule. Very impressive. Indeed, fine work. Riker's drinking the tea, trying to be like Picard, trying to win him over. As you've guessed, final entrance examination scores from Starfleet Academy have arrived. Congratulations. As soon as you have completed the oral exam, you'll be formally admitted. Probably was awkward when they were both at the replicator, and uh, and Picard said, uh, Earl Grey, hot, and then uh, Riker went, I'll also have Earl Grey, hot. What if he was like, I'll also have Earl Grey, not as hot, though. Earl Grey, pretty warm. I like warm. I'll have what he's having. That's what I'll say. Oh, boy. The replicator. Everyone talks to it like they're Rob Reiner's mom. Thank you, sir. That'll be all. I'm going to stand up without spilling the tea. 
a moment. This is impressive. Yes, but I Do think, you want the rest of my tea? I, I don't think, think I'm going to drink it. I think in that shot, they have Frakes scooched way down so that the framing is correct because he's he sits so much <laughs> taller than Patrick Stewart. Yeah. And he's he is sitting very awkwardly. Like he looks a little comfortable but also like he's very much trying to sink down. The height differential in the crew is vast. No. Because Lavar's seems like he's shorter than Patrick Stewart and Patrick Stewart's much shorter than Jonathan Frakes. They're all like I think everyone but Frakes is in the in the, in the same, same like 4 inches. I thought we saw an episode recently where where Picard was kind of over Lavar, but whatever. He also could have been standing on a quarter apple or a half apple or a full apple box. That would have been a dirty trick. <laughs> That's <laughs> the kind of thing they do all the time, Andy. You would have done that just to be taller than Lavar. <laughs> I it would have been a director's decision, I think. Uh-huh. So okay, oh, so what to- is the progression here? First of all. Picard, sensing that Riker's being weird with the with the tea, is like, why don't you um, go down and spend some time with Troy, huh? So let's get him off his hands. Counselor Troy had the good sense to ask for shore leave. I can see I'm going to have to suggest it to you. Have a good time, number one. Also, this plays into my theory that he doesn't understand sex because he doesn't understand that they've had a prior relationship. <laughs> so it's, that would be in any way awkward don't for them you, to go down to the planet and more... take shore leave together. But they don't take shore leave together. It, they're on a starship. They're, it's a whole planet. She could go visit her mother, and he could go anywhere on the planet. Isn't it? But do you, you think he's playing... Dumb? Um, not dumb. Uh, matchmaker? That's what I'm trying to figure out. What do you think? No, I don't think so. No. I think he literally just wants his senior officers to be rested. He certainly seems Because he very recently went on a captain's holiday. So he's had relaxation. Time. So that's all he's saying to them. That's hey, what you I guys thought. should have an adventure like I had. I don't know if he wants them to have that same adventure, you know, where future police come. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. It's, it's a lot to ask of your crew. <laughs> I hope right, you guys everyone. have an adventure that doesn't have as many holes as mine did. Head down there. Enjoy your future police. Okay, so he's... We cut to them, and they're immediately hand in hand. The, he's they're, they're going to kiss. Like, what's going on? Is this just classic Riker, and he's you know saying, "Damn the torpedoes! I'm going to make this happen." Because um, this seems like enormously dangerous. They're going to so? make. A, they've been in a relationship. Yeah. They're very close workmates at yeah. this point. I think they're very off and on. You think they're off and on? You think stuff yeah. is happening and then stuff I think is happening? Yeah, I think they're always like in and out of it. It just seems like that would be so dangerous. That's the only reason I haven't made a move on Matt. Well, Andy, I got news for you, buddy. Yeah. You throw that danger to the wind, my friend. I sure have I, today. I will accept your advances. Wait until you read my little love notes inside these gifts. Yes! <laughs> oh, look, he inscribed something under this engineering stool. <laughs> You make my heart as functional as this warp core. Oh no, it just <laughs> breached. Oh, don't be joining us. No, no, no. Here, I, I, I put the food over there. No, no, you can go back. To the Mother, other side. how did you know about this place? Your father used to bring me here. Uh, Mr. Hom, he was at the convention. That's what I, that's what I was talking about. Carl Streak and is oh, that him? Yes. Yeah. He could have signed anything, though. Like, you could have had him sign some Adams Family stuff. I would want some Twin Peaks stuff. Sure. He's a giant. What a great presence. Here, Will. Eh, I should have gotten a picture with him. I'm an idiot. Try an Oscar. Next year. They're delicious. I wonder how old Mr. Hom is. 
He doesn't look a day over See the same age. Running through the veins helps keep it warm. So then Damon Tog beams down. Now look, Demon Tog, or whatever you call yourself. I am the daughter of the fifth house, holder of the sacred chalice of Reeks, heir of the holy rings of Beta Z. And unless you want to create an interstellar incident, you had better beam back to your ship. Well, that's the plan. Returning to my ship I know, exactly but the, in the same mind. script, they refer to it in a different Major. way. Transport four immediately. No, Tog. No, Tog. He just does it anyway. I mean, the, the, the ball's on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then they get beamed in. Obviously, they can't have their clothes because, uh, yeah, anyway. Does it not stand to reason that chess started on Earth? Yeah. So it's interesting that the Frankie are that Look, into it. Look, I think it. they've been like... Um, but 3D chess, we don't know where that started. Three, that you don't like think a, 3D chess was derived from like chess? like a Vulcan game. Is it, or is it a universal translator thing that they're calling them rooks and queens? Well, I think the pieces are rooks and queens. There was a 3D chess set there we could have bought at the from the Franklin Mint. Are you real good at chess? No. Mm-hmm. Not in your area of nerds' expertise? Never bothered to get good at it. Uh-huh. I maybe have won like three chess games in my life. I probably only played like 15 times, but... I discovered on this uh, trip to Vegas... Oh, boy, here he goes. Shockingly, Matt doesn't know how to play Baccarat. I don't. I don't. We go into that in great detail on the James Bonding podcast. Oh, you do? How neither Matt nor I know how to play Baccarat. I think I'm going to learn how to play Baccarat. I always wanted to. Uh, I have in my glove compartment a guide to how to play Baccarat. That I was feel given like... to me by Maurice LaMarche. Is Maurice LaMarche is what in the Bond world? He's uh, he's a fan, just like us. But in the world of voice acting, he's everyone. He's uh, he's the brain on Pinky and the Brain. He does oh, well. every time they would ever need an Orson Welles in any Animaniacs. It he's was him. Good. Oh, I see. Maurice LaMarche is such a such a Bond mythology sounding name. Oh, of course, of course. Um, anyway, I'm gonna like learn Baccarat. Maurice I think because every time I, I even look a little bit at, at the Baccarat, I mean, it's probably because I don't understand it. I always feel like because I tried War. Do tweet. Bonk. It always feels a little bit simple like war. Closest to 19. Card game war. Huh? Closest to 19. That's it. So it's... But you're playing against somebody. But, like, all the face cards are one? I, like, it's very confusing to me. I'm, I, I, you're playing against the bank? It's a player in the bank. I learned it as a child because I loved Bond also. Of course. And, uh, and I've retained nothing. <laughs> I agree with that. I have also retained nothing. We hope you at home also retain nothing from this. Seems like that's a bad idea. Always. It's just he knows the force field. It's universal. Does he just want to see how much it hurts? Like, why not? Like, why not put your foot on it? Like your your leather boot, or throw something. Why not stick a leather boot in there? Yeah. No. He also doesn't. He doesn't do it like lightly. He does a full on. Yeah. They have Bang. gained consciousness. Very good. This is crazy town. Look at the cute music that they beam oh, the ladies the out of great, their clothes. This is like that great sort of light 
TOS music, though. Right. I liked that music here. <laughs> to, to me, it, it was disturbing combined with the. Uh, well, that's just because you're not the aware mistreatment that, of women. If it was Ferengi, if it was... women don't wear clothes. Oh right. That's how that works. So it's yeah, but there's there are writers choosing it. Choosing what? To beam these women out of their clothes and then play cute music. Well, I think that's just what it calls for here. I don't know. In this, it rubbed me the wrong way. I'll tell you that much. I should. So you're not a genie in a bottle, because you'd have to rub you the right way. Anyway, oh, even their transporters can't be trusted. I can't find, couldn't find it fast enough. Sorry, guys. Why have you removed our clothing? Females do not deserve the honor of clothing. No way, Phillips. For, no way for Neelix to talk to everybody. Um, Look at that leer on his face. He does seem to be leering. He's disgusted. Okay. Yeah, you think his it, is an expression of revulsion. So he says. But it is a feeling that I do not share, Loxana. Space blankets. You know because they're shiny. But it's cold in here. All right. Meanwhile, back on the old Enterprise in the engineering playset. I don't, do you want me to get into my Ferengi Watch thing like, here, or you want me to wait until? I don't know. Where is your Ferengi? And basically, thing most it's just so you got so you got Ethan Phillips, Neelix, uh, as the Ferengi, and then you've uh, you got a couple of uh, others, obviously. Uh, most notably, uh, Peter uh, Slutsker, who's the um, which one is he? He's Nibor, the the lesser one. Not Tog. Chess Tog. player. The you chess player. Nibor is the chess player. He's the chess player. I think Nibor crushes it as a Ferengi, and I think Ethan Phillips seems ill-fitting as a Ferengi. But is that just because we know him so well as Neelix that I, the, the, the characterization he, is Neelix off for you? Neelix is, is he's more well cast as because he's sort of a genuine, uh, decent feeling personality and it Guys, feels I'm ill-fitting just up some wrapping paper from some the previous uh, present exchange that we had here on star trek the next conversation are you cutting it out of the podcast entirely no okay do you want me to no andy why do you want me to do that i don't don't want you me. want people to know how generous and thoughtful you are when giving gifts i just want them to hear your joy matt it has nothing to do with me 11 years old that's how i felt 11 years old what a joy is that before the trouble started <laughs> That's when the no. trouble started for me. That was probably pretty heavy back then. Oh, I don't know. Was it? Is it all tied to weight? Oh, that's all the trouble for me. Oh, I wish I even had that to pin it on. No, it's all internal. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing external. Uh, so you're saying characterizations of the Ferengi? Anyway, I think Nibor is is uh, is great. Uh, I think Ethan Phillips is uh, eh. Hmm. I wasn't happy with him in this. I, I think he, get I didn't it, buy it. But he's also like he, Parrot, he's playing Farrick. a different Farrick. Hmm. Mm, interesting. Armus and Farrick. Congratulations on passing your Starfleet written examination. An excellent achievement. Thanks, Dad. I passed it easy, now, easily. Well obviously, I'm a robot. <laughs> yeah, Dado, we get it. Don't you mean Android? Oh yeah, that. To where you will, and when you return. Hey, they're sitting in front of Matt's toy. <laughs> There is no guarantee that Wesley will be reassigned to the Enterprise. 91% of Starfleet graduates are not posted to Galaxy-class starships on their first assignment. Get a little gloomy, Gus. I never thought of that. I always assumed they'd be coming back to the Enterprise. Well, I'm sure Captain Picard will request you. That is, if he's still commanding the Enterprise when you graduate. Are you saying maybe he'll be dead? 
I never thought of that either. I think he's saying maybe he'll move on. How long does it take to graduate Starfleet? Four years. Four years? Yeah. I guess that makes sense. It's a tough thing, but that's crazy. He's already ensign or acting ensign before the end of the episode on the 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 flagship of the fleet. Yeah. And then he's got to go away for four years? Well, now he gets promoted to a full ensign. I understand. But theoretically, he was going to go away for four years, even though were... he was already doing an amazing bang-up job on this ship. It's crazy. Uh, um, Matt and... Um, Andy? Matt and Andy. Why did I just say Matt? That's so you weird. You looked at your watch. You I looked at my watch, and it said Matt. That's exactly why that happened. Oh, I but um, I was going to say... Uh, the funny thing too is like when 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 Will wanted to leave the show because uh-huh. they wouldn't let him go do some movie roles and stuff. Um, they were like, <laughs> I believe it was Rick Berman, and this is Will's story. So if I'm telling it poorly, I'm sure he's told it uh, correctly. Um, but uh, Berman, Rick Berman, brought him into the office and was like, "Here's what we'll do." Uh-huh. We'll promote you to lieutenant. Right. And then Will's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's also hilarious for we'll, him. We'll to, make you a lieutenant. To sit, to, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, 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 how much more does a lieutenant make? Oh, nothing. But you'll be a lieutenant. It's, it's really the whole funny. thing of like, and it's like also like Shatner's attitude right. towards uh, George Takei. When he left when the Enterprise. When he wanted to go be a captain. He's but like, you know what's do you funny? Guys, do you know it's not really? I see it both ways. Oh, I think totally, for, totally, for Will, totally. for Will, for Will to, them to bargain down, you know, for a for a regular position where it's like we're not going to pay you money on your day job. I get it. If you're talking about what position are you going to be in the mythology after you've already been Sulu, he's been to those conventions. He knows that it does change the tenor of how people interact with you based on your position. On your rank? Yeah. I don't know. Everybody talks about the captains, all the captains of Star Trek. I know, but he's never included in that. That is a very strange side issue. You're right. So I guess he did make the wrong call. Because he's not. But don't you think it did change how people look at him a little bit? Maybe it changed how the crew of the Excelsior looked at him. (laughs) (laughs) I never thought I'd feel this way about leaving you guys in the Enterprise. Is that not part of the human experience? Growth and change. Death. I suppose so, but... Listen, Wesley, I felt the same way when I left my family to go to the Academy. But it was one of the best times of my life. You're going to meet new friends and have adventures that you can't even imagine yet. Have sex with all sorts of machines. Whoops. Think of all the sociopath things you can do in a school full of young people to blame things on. What? (laughs) Oh, sorry. Data, you didn't hear any of that. I know. Data, delete. <laughs> data, rewind. Delete. <laughs> can you do that? No. You've never seen an indication like, D- Data, can you erase that from your memory banks? Very good. No, I've not seen an indication of that. I've seen a data I order you never to reveal this to anyone. Oh, yeah. Should have booed the bishop. Ridiculous! The bishop was pinned! Don't listen to me. Forget the fact that I beat you in 30 moves. Pure luck. I was being polite. I could have won in 20. This guy's a great Frankie. Then prove it. How so to you? Because my question is like, knowing what we know of the Ferengi thus far in the yeah. series, which is essentially just, you know, season one, crazy whip weapons. 
They uh-huh. had fur pelts on them. <laughs> sure. Uh, angry, gnarling teeth, uh, very uh, slithery, very whatever, right? So we see them like that. Then uh-huh. the next time we see them, I believe it's the wormhole negotiations. Possibly. It's probably that's probably incorrect. But like, let's say the next the next step in their evolution, as far as we're seeing them, really, is that wormhole negotiation situation, right? Okay. With the with the Betazoid guy that's half that's not it. telling everyone he's a Betazoid, right? Beta Z, whatever we're saying, he's a Betazoid. Sure. From, um, from Beta, Beta Z. Yeah, we get it. Or is he a Beta Z from Beta Z? <laughs> I don't know. You ask them, they say one thing. Yeah. You ask our listeners, they say another. I was going to say, nobody pointed at us anymore because this episode is both ways. Canon! Um, and then, you know, the next real moment we have of Ferengi dum is in Captain's Holiday, right? Right. Where he wants profit. And that guy was a good thing. Ferengi. Okay, and then this. That guy shows up later in DS9, right? I don't remember. I think he does. And then in this uh, iteration. Uh-huh. We have uh, we have these three main Ferengis, right? So what's your point? Uh, my point is like, what is a good Ferengi to you? To me, I mean, I guess you're saying this guy is. To me, but why? Uh, I guess it's it's a, it's a subtlety, granted. But the the thing that I like about his performance is there's all the uh, there's all the characterization in terms of the voice and the movements and the posture that's and which has obviously become refined since since the last outpost is that what it's called um so that's one thing is it just like nailing that but i think there's an attitude that isn't angry and mm-hmm. granted ethan phillips's character is written angry but it's comical it's kind of conniving it's um i don't know it's it's scheming but in a controlled way and it's defensive it has all of these colors that i think it takes it takes a it takes a masterful hand to mix all those things into the elixir without getting too broad. And I guess I just feel like Ethan Phillips is pushing it too much in his performance. And the other guy, I feel like, is doing an okay job, um, but just doesn't... This guy has comedic timing, the guy who's playing... Um, what's his name again? Uh, Tybor. Nilbog. <laughs> Um, whereas the main guy doesn't have comedic timing. Comedic timing is a big part of the Ferengi. Well, does he have anything particularly funny to do? Here we go. We could be a formidable team. That's funny. Why? You have great strength in your hands. And you like that? Yeah, like that. <sighs> I have a- like he could be a little bit more desperate. <laughs> oh, I see. But but I wonder if it's like the fact that he's a daemon. He's more confident. Yeah, he's like the captain. Then I would have pushed it a little bit more in the cocky the cocky direction. Hmm. It's like he doesn't choose a firm comedic direction. I think that's integral to being males. a Ferengi. This sounds like we're heading into the Andy Secunda specific school of acting. <laughs> Guys, when you're going in and you're going to be a Ferengi, pick a strong comedic choice. Maybe you're not. You maybe you're not confident. Maybe you're just just play it then weaselly. Weaselly is another direction. Well, what if you're or playing? grasping? Oh, maybe yeah. you're greedy. Maybe you play the greed angle harder. Oh, what if I'm going in to read for the part of the doubting doctor? The doubting doctor? You mean the 
then I would say that's about what is it threatening to you personally? Uh-huh. In terms of your latinum. Uh-huh. Play the greed angle is what I would say. Oh, so... Not just straight anger. I, uh, Frankie doesn't feel just straight anger unless he is defensive. <laughs> oh, no. You see what I'm saying? Okay, I'll see you tomorrow in okay. North Hollywood. Now, Sheila, Jeffrey, get up here and, and do your scene. <laughs> you oh. are beautiful. It is impossible for me to resist you. Then, uh, <clears throat> don't. What is that? Andy's favorite music. That comedic woman being. Followed by. A woman the- having unwanted sex music. And the telepath. And then your daughter feeling that. And then your daughter feeling it. I don't. I, this, this whole episode is bonkers. I don't know what the hell's going on in this episode. I don't know what the intention is. Is that supposed to be comedic? Because Marina Sirtis is definitely not playing it comedic. She's playing it real upset. I think she's just grossed out. As is Loxana. I don't think that's being played comedic. But I don't Maybe think it's a problem. Who directed this one? Legato. Robert Legato. Is he an ongoing one? I feel like we see his name pop up. I don't know, man. Come out here. Riker has a very uh, Buck Rogers in the 25th century outfit here. Here's the other thing that bothers me about this episode. Troy, almost always now shave your rook, not you used can. in any purposeful way. In this episode, called Menage Troy, she is even more sidelined. Not much of a conversationalist, but uh, <laughs> what a lover. Now, are we to assume that anything has happened between them? I'm in this scene? I do not no. want to hear about your other romance. At least I do not think she's so. She's just segued into this conversation uh-huh. from the kissing. Oh, she's a very, I think she's a very depth, deft manipulator. manipulator. Yeah. Sure. I, I buy that. She's the holder of the sacred chalice. I know it's a clay pot that has mold growing in it, but. I wonder what the mold is for. <laughs> I don't think it's for anything. I just think Loxana hasn't really cleaned it very much. <laughs> it makes me jealous. This is the first. Yeah, this is the first. The first indication of Umox. Yeah, yeah. Huh, interesting. I mean, we're just discovering these, this alien race as we go along. It's a good call. Although I think it was really just built for this scene. Well, it's canonical. Play that. Be authorized by Damon Tong. Do you think that that's that's a Star Wars sound? The badoop 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 poop. Go, put, go back and play that again. Andy, I think all of these sounds I think come it from might be, sound effects library. It might be the uh, the Empire Strikes Back sound of the um, probe pro- droid. What, what droid? The Death Star. Access to communications denied. All transmissions to be authorized by Damon Tog. Nah. It's not. No, it's not. Oh, well. Uh, the Imperial probe droid that that's, what that's on saying, the surface yeah. of Hoth. The probe droid on the surface of Hoth. Yeah, I get it, bro. <laughs> you can't like Star Wars too. I didn't say you can't like it, too. I just thought you didn't. You, you, you're just as bad as this Scott character in Face Group. <laughs> Saying I'm not a real sci-fi <laughs> nerd. Because you don't like, what was it, Babylon 5 he hung it on? Babylon 5 and, um... Battlestar? If it's Battlestar, I agree with him. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I've been restored. Good. Contact Commander Riker on Beta Z. On it, dude. Whoopsie. in from Beta Z, sir. Priority one. Now, was it Beta Zoid or Beta Z? 
Captain Picard, at last, we have been trying to reach you for two days. <laughs> we are really into well, I'm off my... my theory that Data had about why we can't read the Ferengi. Could you please send him down to finish his sentence? <laughs> Our communications have been blocked by the nebula right Is there a problem? I'm afraid so, Captain. I put on a shirt and realized it was half one color, half another. Imagine my embarrassment. I came. I've been hailing you priority one to apologize. <laughs> Xana, Diana, and Commander Riker. Beta Zeds are colorblind. This is another crazy thing. I guess they're dealing with the whole Wesley thing. We're more than halfway through the episode before the rest of the crew even realizes there's a problem. Well, I think that this whole very whole, forward momentum storytelling. Yes. And it's also like we have to wrap the story up before the three minute button that happens, which is Wesley getting promoted. Uh-huh. It's a weird it's a weird episode. But I like it for some reason. You're gonna have to explain why when we get to the yeah, end. I don't spell. know. I knew I wanted you the moment I saw you. You have fulfilled all my expectations. How sweet. <laughs> I think there's some good stuff coming out of Majel. Yeah, she's good in this she's episode. Doing, she's, doing a, she's doing a lot of a lot of work with a little here. I agree. I'll need well, a lot access. of rests on her, which bothers me because it should rest on Marina. Mm-hmm. It's my beloved. Uh, computer access code. K-E Yuri dot Talk! Be silent! Oh, I forgot. I read in, I think it was Star Trek 365, because uh, I'm only allowing myself to read the ones that apply to the episode, um, that I think this is one of the last episodes that Gene Roddenberry had his hands on, probably because Majel was involved, which would explain some of the strange characterizations of women and mm. sex in this episode, and also why so much time is spent um, on Majel, on Luxana. Like, Gene had been drifting away from the show in terms of his direct involvement. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, he sort of came back in and had more of his hands on the script. Interesting. I knew you were not to be trusted. And Dr. Farrick, I was just going to make Damon target a drink. Save your lives for this fool. But he's, but, oh, please don't listen to him. Don't. No, he's misunderstood. No, Tog, you have misunderstood. You have been tricked by a sly female who finds you repulsive. She was only trying to serve me a drink. You almost gave her complete access to the ship's computer. A security breach severe enough to cost you your command. It's time you took my advice. Let me study her. Study her? You know, the fact that a profiteering race such as the Ferengi, who are always out for profit, has some sort of space military that people actively choose to sign up for, rather than going out and becoming a capitalist gajillionaire with your gold-pressed latinums and such, well, is have, interesting to me. I have to assume that uh, that that joining the military is... Compulsory? Like, no, like that, a, that like the... In Israel? It's an opportunity for war profiteering. And so that's the uh, the appeal of it. Yeah, but where You're does going the out in the go? universe? To you, I'm assuming. All these all these Ferengi seem to be personally invested in what they're going to get. It's not like it's just going back to the Ferengi Empire. So I assume there are all sorts of things built in, like bonuses. Like a vague. Yeah, vague. Or Maybe. or just whatever you collect. They're like pirates. Whatever you collect is yours. What if it's just a multi level marketing scheme? 
Uh-huh. And uh, if you are become a daemon, sure. You everyone who works under you has to give you a cut. And then by the time you're daemon, you get a lot of people's cuts. And then there's like a fleet daemon. Anyway. <laughs> Matt, really that's what I'm saying. I'm saying the Ferengis uh, is one giant pyramid scheme. It's <laughs> a great one. <laughs> Always um, startling to see or if guys commanding anybody. No, Starfleet uniforms in natural daylight. Interesting. Always to me, it's always very weird. Hi, sir. I was. I wondered in that. I know it's just Shafa at the top of the scene. Shafa being writing. That's just like I don't know. Just have him say something, mm-hmm. or, or a header, as is sometimes said. Um, but it's like when you're finished, go and scan in that direction. Why? What is that based on? <laughs> they needed something for him to be doing. <laughs> exactly. Came into the scene. That's I mean, all that's I based mean, on. In terms of the the reality of the scene, what's the rea- what's the purpose? Like, I understand from the reality of the script, what's the purpose? Well, I think in the reality of the scene, maybe they haven't gotten over there yet. But why would he have to tell her that? He's just trying to feel like uh, he's doing something. Okay. It's Worf. He doesn't get a lot to do. <laughs> he just wants to feel important. Mr. Holm was no help. None. He last saw them as he was leaving this clearing. When he returned, all three of them were gone. Lieutenant Foley discovered this in the pond. Isn't the it beautiful? sand periculi. It is not indigenous to Beta Z, but to Lapa 4. A Ferengi world. Oh, a little bit of detective work there. Nice. Do you think that Lieutenant Whatever is the MVC? <laughs> the, oh, who found it? I don't know. Let's see. Hang on. This is going to drive Brad Lieutenant Foley. crazy. Lieutenant Foley. Lieutenant Foley. Could be. <laughs> Lieutenant Foley, you're in the running. Congratulations. Kind of crappy on Data's part that he doesn't let Lieutenant Foley go and take the credit to Worf. Although I guess Data's is Kind of crappy also. also that it's a completely different set of plants that Picard is sniffing. Now we have a reasonable hypothesis as to whom. I'm allergic to the ones you said. I'm glad you gave me these prop ones. Bring Lieutenant Foley in here. I'd like to field promote them to captain. (laughs) Uh, Sir, (laughs) I'm just feeling very generous today. The Ferengi ship is almost as fast as the Enterprise. She could be anywhere by now. Commander Riker would assume we'll be searching for them. He'll find some way to send us a message. Mr. Worf, I want continual monitoring of Ferengi subspace frequencies. Yeah, obviously. Can you extend our sensor range? If I narrow the band and tie in the long-range sensors to the subspace scanners, I can boost the gain. Make it so. Uh, Mr. Worf, you're promoted also. <laughs> uh, all right. Do you wish to leave orbit, sir? Not until we have some place to go. Idiot. Mr. Data, come back here and tuck your zipper in. <laughs> I see it. Data, tell me how many words you can think of for chair. <laughs> chair, seat, <laughs> couch. <laughs> nice. That's it. You better get aboard the Bradbury. They were ready to break orbit an hour ago. Soon as I'm sure this works. Initiating scans now, Captain. Data right there, Brent Spiner is doing some serious um, smell acting. (laughs) Where he's like, it seems like in the scene he's smelling something. Is that part of Jordy's thing? Get aboard the Bradbury. They were ready to break Corbin an hour ago. Soon as I'm sure this works. It does seem like he's smelling. Oh, there. 
Oh, Brent Spiner. What is he doing? I see. It's like I think that his direct. I think that is taken from a later part of the scene. Yeah. Where they're doing playback of the thing and Data's listening to it. Uh huh. Because otherwise, there's no reason for that instance for Data to look up from his console like he does when Jordy when when Wesley goes over. Unless. Wesley, I'm going to take a page out of Mike Mann's book here. Okay. Sharded in his pants. You better get aboard the Bradford. They were ready to break an hour ago. Can Data smell? Yes. All right. Look at it. (laughs) (laughs) Should I tell him? Should Should I say something? Should I tell him? What would a human do in this situation? (laughs) Is he so scared about going off to Starfleet that he let one rip? (laughs) I think you you were influenced by the uh, morning zoo. Morning zoo crew? (laughs) Yes. See now, this is what that scene is, right? That's that's data look listening. Yeah. So they just pulled that. Oh, I think you might be right. specific Ferengi vessel. Ferengi codes are damn near impossible to break. I think that's a nice detail about the Ferengi. The impossible. I got a theory here. I like how he Not turned a theory. Okay. I got a, a a critique. Yeah. Patrick Stewart, obviously a genius, master actor. I think he's off his game in this episode. Really? I think he fe- it just feels like he's sort of acting like someone pretending to be a commanding individual. And usually it's just so effortless. Well, I almost teared up when he promoted Wesley. Yeah, that was okay. Yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with that. I feel like in the rest of the episode, though. Like when he goes, make it so, it doesn't doesn't feel like the other make it so's. He says they Maybe think about the impossible. Like, his head is so in the game of what he's doing in, in the fifth act of this episode that he can't be bothered with the rest of it. The, the actor or Picard? Patrick Stewart. Uh-huh. I feel like he's like so like, okay, so I really have to do the soliloquy? <laughs> you know, it's funny because I was thinking, I guess he's got a lot of awkward things to do. I bet you're right. Yeah. I bet he was like, I really don't want to do all this weird stuff with Luxana. He's probably just as annoyed as. <laughs> the on viewers. the other hand, it was it was Shakespeare, so Patrick Stewart. Yeah, I know, but that. like, I, well, anyway, let's keep going. I had a theory that I completely forgot when because I let you say what you were saying right before I interrupted you with my theory that I can no longer. Remember. I didn't interrupt though, right? I just said my thing, and you happened. No, I was starting to talk, and I, no, not no blame. No blame. I'm just literally saying, like, I'm trying to think of what the hell I was going to say. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, this, the blocking in this scene is very, it's like, it makes fully, it fully makes sense to me, like, how they're all standing, right? Where, where. It makes sense. Where, uh, Jordy's at the engineering station, um, Data's at the science station, uh-huh. uh, you know, at the back of the bridge, the bridge terminals. And, but what it, what it always what it looks like to me in this scene is that the whole time Patrick Stewart like keep an eye go to 30 if you're at home watching along go to the 32 minute mark the whole time I'm imagining that Picard is standing there with Worf going so if I press this everyone dies (laughs) I could shoot things like this I mean, right. So, like, to come up with what if I do? What if I snark theater? Do I hit this? Do I hit this? I mean it. And then if I hit this, I don't know, Captain. I know I didn't eat a a sub (laughs) on this panel, so I don't know where those mustard stains came from. Uh, Lieutenant Wolf, 
if I fire everything at Beta Z, will Luxana die? <laughs> well, you help us. I mean, technically, Bradbury, they were ready to break orbit an hour ago. Soon as I'm sure this works. Yes. So if I hit Five? this button, it raises our shields. Like this is literally like he's I don't know if you would kill so all the Beta Zoids on Beta Z, <laughs> but you would kill some of the Beta Zoids on Beta Z. <laughs> Uh, but it's just like such weird blocking. And then like this scene here when he turns around. To identify any specific Ferengi vessel. Ferengi codes are damn near impossible to break. Gentlemen, I have the utmost confidence in your ability to perform the impossible. Now, Wolf, as See? I was showing you, if I hit this <laughs> button right here, like it's such a weird... It's like... true. Where's everybody else on the bridge also? Here's a here's a side nerd question. Yeah. Captain, the Bradbury is here. What... What are they at? Communications stations? Like, why are they there and not at the at the op station? Well, they're at the they're they're at the direct links into all of the sensors and engineering. I, th- I assume it just it operates a little more efficiently than the bridge terminal. That's what I was assuming. That's what I assume. Also, I don't know if that's accurate though. All right. A longer delay their departure, Mister Crusher. Now the bad better. No lengthy farewells. Good luck. There he's Thank in you, game. Okay. That uh, Wesley outfit is available on eBay right now for $4,000. <gasps> Can you imagine? <laughs> I have no interest in that. I was talking to Will about... Will was like, I thought about buying it. Yeah. And uh, he said that he would burn it in a ceremony. <laughs> oh, that would be genius. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I told him that I would chip in half if we could uh, alternate uh, weekends of who got to have the uniform. <laughs> It may have been a while ago, but I I noticed he drew the line on people saying shut up Wesley to him. Like he said oh, in, a blo- like in an instant block. That was block. a very long time ago. was a long time ago. ago. Huh. And then you saw Patrick Stewart's reply to him. Did he say shut up Wesley? He said shut up Will. It's amazing! <laughs> the repetitive nature of the must, That must have enraged him, even though it was a perfect joke. Oh, I mean, it's so funny. Edbury has informed us they can no longer wait for Mr. Crusher to come aboard. Wesley. Captain, I think there's a pattern to the subspace interference I heard in one of the Ferengi messages. Wesley, unless you leave immediately, you're going to miss the Bradbury. The interference... Bradbury. I love the way he says that. Always have, always will. That and Medimac. Itself could be a message. If I could just hear a replay of the subspace scans. Can't you take it on your iPod? (laughs) Play back the Ferengi transmissions. Wait, repeat that one. Put it on continuous replay. Hear that popping noise? Data, can you filter out everything but that sound? That's Cochrane distortion. A fluctuation in the phase of the subspace field. All warp engines generate that kind of interference. But listen to the pattern. It's the Algolian ceremonial rhythm that the musician played at the reception. Yes! Okay. Crusher is correct, sir. Here's my question. Yeah. Well, why, is, why did Data not spot that, even with all the interference? I don't think Data ever... I think Data doesn't main, make those kind of leaps yeah, in logic. Yeah, Data's main hang-up is that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Is, the, is the thinking like a human, you know? Right. You know what I'm saying, Andy? I get it. There's I buy it. There's a temporal correlation. Then it is a signal from Commander Riker. Ingenious. He selected a signal we'd recognize, but one the Ferengi would dismiss as static. Signal source located, Captain. Plot and intercept course. Course plotted and laid in, sir. 
Well done, Mr. Crusher. Warp mate. Aye, sir. Engage. Now, uh, Captain, we could go warp 9.65. Yeah, I know. He says warp 8 here. And later, to get away from Luxana, he says warp 9. <laughs> that just seems like good writing. <laughs> Is that good writing? Doesn't it seem like good writing? Good comedic writing. Like you where say. you're just like, let's just... I'm going to put this in. Well, why don't you, like you go warp 9 now? Well, you don't want to put the ship in danger. I put the ship in danger. <laughs> I guess well, so. Well, I think it's cruising velocity. You can handle warp 9 for well, a then while. Then why didn't he go warp 9? And then we have some uh, real, real brain probe pain here. She bargains and gets the, uh... The, it's only the beginning. Gets the release of Troy and Riker. And then this happens. To return our guests. Of course you were, Damon. But you're still holding Loxana Troy. When will you get it through your thick head that it's over between us, Jean-Luc? I think I know what she's doing. You have to fight to get her back, Captain. Well, why couldn't she just tell you what she's doing? You know, with telepathy? <laughs> you have to put it all together and hope that this works? Oh, okay. That's 100% accurate. That even in this moment, yeah. they kind of gave her something to do, and it's like, why doesn't she use her powers? Open. All right, now let's watch Patrick Stewart do this. Um, uh, it's, it's not over between us, uh, Luxana. Um, uh, you're mine, and uh, I, I will not let you go. I, I insist you return to my side immediately. You mean you still care? Does, his, does he brighten up here just because he gets to now do this? Or does he brighten up in the moment as an actor? Is Patrick, is Captain Picard going... Now I, I okay. Now I know how to do this now because you get Shakespeare. And then he really because he has the idea in his head to go use Shakespeare. My love is a fever, longing still for that which longer nurseth the disease. Tell me more. In faith, I do not love thee with mine eyes, for they in thee a thousand errors see, but tis. My heart that loves what they despise, who, in despite of view... That, this doesn't look like Dorn. This looks like a stand-in. An out-of-focus stand-in, doesn't it? Like, I refuse to be part of this. Like, scene. the facial features, like, don't they look off, out-of-focus? Is that just... Am I crazy? Is The forehead I'm looks bigger than usual. To yeah. doubt, shall I compare thee to a summer's day? This is for... There's a lot of memes on Thou this one. more lovely and more temperate. And I always wondered why he was acting that way. You and Captain Picard were... You said you didn't want to hear about my other romances. I have a new love, Jean-Luc. And you can't keep killing all my lovers. Now that simply has to stop. Killing? Oh, is insanely jealous. Listen, Tog! I must possess Luxana, and if that means destroying your ship in the process, so be it! Captain... I had uh, no idea Luaxana was... Don't let him threaten you. You can defeat him. The only way you'll ever get me back is over Tog's dead body. That can be arranged. I do like this countdown situation. Mr. Wolf. Yeah. Arm phaser banks and photon torpedoes. If Luaxana Troy is not in my arms in ten seconds, throw everything you've got at the crater. But you will destroy Luaxana. When I have plucked the rose... I cannot give it 
vital growth again. It needs, must wither. Nine, eight. Tis better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Seven, six. Uh, no, wait. Five, four. Beam her to three, the bridge now. Two, one. I kind of thought they were going to beam her out of her clothes again. You wonderfully jealous fool, you. Uh, Captain, I, I trust there will be no further action taken against us. Such as my reporting this incident to your superiors, who may question your competence as daemon. I will think about it. Screen off. Okay. Yeah. Ferengi ships are equivalent militarily to enterprise ships yeah uh, to uh, to starfleet ships yeah some even outgunned yeah so why is he why is the daemon acting like oh wait don't fire on us because he obviously was breaking he would have a lot more to explain to his superiors if he came back with the ship yeah but he was damaged he obviously was rolling the dice anyway taking luxana i know but there's a difference between rolling the the device rolling the device rolling the dice with trying to kidnap Loxana Troy uh-huh. and rolling the dice and getting into a firefight with the Federation flagship over a Federation planet. But then what difference does it make whether they were in a relationship or not? He could have just said, give me back or I'm going to fire on you. Give her back if you're, or I'm going to fire on well, you. Well, then the game of the scene is over. But then he, certainly it's not as dramatic, but I just don't understand what they're dramatically intending change the perspective. I, I, th- I felt like they were implying something about... Well, Ferengi are willing to steal from you unless you have a prior relationship with the person. Then it kind of there's some other rules to being a Ferengi. Maybe they are. We'll find out, I guess. Right? Interesting. I have no idea. Well, I feel like my take is that it's. I didn't write the questionable writing. Ferengi. Iris Stephen Bear did. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jean Luc. You were most convincing. You certainly convinced me. I am truly grateful, Miss Pendery. Why? In the interim, the Academy's losses are gain. The Enterprise will continue to benefit from your talents for another year. Thank you. Now, in this scene, he sounds like Patrick Stewart playing Captain Picard. Is that all? No. Is there something wrong, Captain? Are you a sociopath? I'm saying goodbye to you. As you are today. But I thought you said I wasn't going to be able to go. The Academy must make you wait, that's true. But when I review your service to this ship, your crewmates, I cannot in all conscience make you wait for the Academy. You see, Wesley... In my eyes, you're an acting ensign, in title only. I hereby grant you field promotion to full ensign with all the commensurate responsibilities and privileges of that rank. Congratulations. No raise, though. It is missed. Yeah, he nailed that part. But here's a... Uh... playing the music that one would play if say we beamed Wesley out of his clothes <laughs> but here's oh look at this well before we go on to this here's my question yeah so there's all this hubbub about going to Starfleet yeah but then he just gives him the promotion anyway so why does he ever have to go to Starfleet 
why does he ever have to go to Starfleet if to be Captain written, Picard to be written out of the show? Can just oh, I see. <laughs> well, I guess what I'm saying is, why was it ever written in? Or did they justify later? Why, why was it ever written in that he that he theoretically had to go to Starfleet to become a real ensign if he just could have been promoted on Picard's choice? Well, I think that the field promotion is not something that's typically done, uh-huh. right? I don't, I don't think that's a thing that typically happens, not in, in battle times. Not um, in battle times. So, you know, you're dealing with someone who is earning credit living with his mother on board the ship that has family, right? Okay. So that's why Wesley's on the ship in the first place. He's a youngster. He takes a great... Uh, he's very... Comes easy to him. All this space uh, tech sure. and whatnot. So Picard says, all right, you'll, you can be an a- acting ensign. You'll earn Starfleet credit here on the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a deep space vessel on a continuing mission. We rarely get back to Earth. And you still are a minor and living with your mother, so you will not be going to the Academy yet. You're not old enough. Mm-hmm. Then by the time he's old enough to enroll in the Academy... He's enrolling, and he's going to go to the academy. You know, I think Wesley Crusher might take two years as opposed to someone who takes four because of all of his earned experience on board the Enterprise. Yeah. But I think that the uh, actuality of it, if we're really putting ourselves in the situation of let's all treat this as very real, Uh what happens is he misses the transport ship of the Bradbury. That, so apparently the Enterprise cannot <laughs> go to San Francisco. The only chance. Uh, so instead, you know, and they don't do like enrollment all year. It seems to be a specific time of year, right? That Starfleet enrollment happens. That a new class shows up. <laughs> Sorry, we don't have a do- dorm room for you. <laughs> uh, so I think that in this instance, uh, Picard was like, well, screw this. You've been on the ship now serving us for three years. Uh, which is nearly as much time as you would have spent at Starfleet Academy. I've served with you. I think you're ready. I'm giving you a full promotion to Ensign. And that might fix this. the beginning. Um, I hear what you're saying, but... I mean, it's silly. He's going to the Academy later. It bumps me, yeah. It's a very confusing thing. Okay. I think he only goes to... I, I think he only goes to Starfleet Academy because Will Wheaton leaves the show. Yeah. So they have to write that. I think had he not decided to, had he not left the show, I think he would never have gone to Starfleet Academy. The character. Right. Did he go to college? The actor? Will? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he went to UCLA. I don't know. We don't know why he left the show. I think he left the show because he wanted to go do other things. Oh, I see. Gotcha. But, yeah. Well, whatever the case, it's a nice scene. It's a great scene. I love that scene. It's a great scene. I also love and the scene just where let he it finally play. shows up. Look at look at the seam on the turbo lift here, Matt. Waxana Troy has been down oh, to beta It's going to be another 40 seconds or something. Notify Starfleet, we are en route to the Zanthras system for our rendezvous with the Zapata. Aye, sir. Love a seam. There's a seam, though. Usually there's no seam. No, but we've deci- oh, we decided six, that sometimes no, but a scene. six, like half halfway into the third season, the seam appeared oh, and right, it stayed. Right. Yeah, because I think someone else got annoyed, just like me. 
Gotcha. Also, that seam is just gaffer's tape. Yeah, you sure it's not a it's not a black strip of carpet? No, that's just straight up flat gaffer's tape. <laughs> it's a little chintzy, guys. It's a 43, 40, 40 ish. There he is. So happy. Ensign Wesley Crusher. Okay. So Proud John, Mother. John Cooley will be Be happy at this conversation. Can you give me an overview of the colors? Why is he in red? Because he's in command. Red? He's in the command division? Because he's the helmsman of the ship. And the helmsman is usually in the command position. Remember when Jordy in the first season was at the helm? He was in red. he was flying the ship, he was in the command division. He was in red. Yeah. And then he switched over to yellow when When he he went went to to engineering. engineering, And ops is... Ops is a part of the engineering division. It's engineering operations. Command. Operations includes, you know, how the ship operates. Gotcha. I guess. And blue is sciences. Blue is the sciences. Your medical and your and your straight sciences, homie. And purple is purposeless. Purple is what they put uh, Marina Sirtis in, right? For funsies. Sort of but purple. she's, you know, in her regular uniform. She's, uh, as we remember, Mis- the mistreated character division. Was, when she was in the scant in the first uh-huh. season, she was in a full regular uniform, yeah. and that was the science division. She was a lieutenant commander. Okay. That's her rank. Is she a lieutenant commander? She I think is. you've told me that yeah. before. She's after Data, or who's after Data? After Data? What do you in mean? In terms of the ranking of who takes over the ship. She is lieutenant commander. She would. She outranks Worf. She outranks Worf. Yeah. Huh. That's crazy town. Well, look. Get ready, because more crazy town will happen. Okay. Do you remember that fight she has with Roe when she, they need someone to take command of the ship? I don't. You how love many episodes Ensign is Roe so much? How many episodes is Roe in? Uh, not that many. I don't know. I might not have seen all of them, which would delight me. Four to eight. Honestly, I don't think she's in that many. How many episodes is she in? I don't know. She was going to be Kira Norese. Like she was going. <sighs> that would have been. They great. were going to move her over. To I would have watched. Space Nine. I would have watched Deep Space Nine if she was Kira Norese. Mm. Nothing against Nana Visitor. Nana Visitor, fantastic actress. Yeah. Great job over there on that Beta Z stuff. Oh boy, here come the Maki. For Zamfras three, walk factor six. Aye, sir. I always love that Data watches him to make sure he's doing the right <laughs> you thing. You're doing You're wearing a different outfit. Can you do it now? You're not going to blow us up, are you? You're not going to blow us up. Jordy said you might blow us up. <laughs> Course is set. I got to say, I'd be so happy if I was okay. Will Wheaton at this moment because he looks so much more handsome in this outfit than he does in the other dumb, oh, totally. dumb much, Wesley outfit. Much more <laughs> adult outfit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I guess you do because you said it first. I do. <laughs> That's how you know. There you go, everybody. That's uh, Menage Troy, and I suppose it's time to give us all an MVC, and I think we all know the answer to that. The, the answer? You're going to give it to the guy? Hang on one second. I'm looking. Am I going to give it to Lieutenant Fielder? Fielder. Feldman? a lot. I got a... Fluden? Somebody was saying they would make me a soundboard, and I don't know. Here we go. I think your maybe is correct, sir. I think, for me anyway, the MVC in this episode is Wesley Crusher. Uh, it has to be, right? Yeah. Well, else? I mean, to me, it does. 
because does what Riker does sends the message. He sends the message. So that's something. Sure is. That ain't nothing. It ain't nothing. But I think it's pretty clear the person who gets promoted in the episode is the most valuable crew member. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. It's Wesley. We sit and watch and then we hang and talk But the podcast isn't over just yet How many Andy's does this episode get? I don't like this episode. That's fair. Um... I generally don't like Luxana Troy episodes. I know that that uh, there are a lot of boosters for her. Yeah, um, of, there are a lot of Luxana boosters. A lot of Lux. There's a the very strong Luxana lobby. <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> you don't think so? Do people hate her? I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm only knowing the two people that are in this room right now. Okay. Well, I I certainly don't dig her. Um, I don't like. I don't. There seems to be some weird sexual politics in this episode that bug me. No, it's the Ferengi. It's not. It doesn't. You know, here's the thing. Even with the Ferengi, like the idea that he's stolen her and he's going to make her his and all that stuff, that I get. It's the weird stuff that then there is. Um, what's what's it called? Not incidental music. Um, non-story music. Outside the, you just don't like the light, frothy music that's playing when they're closer. The gone. word when it's not being played within the, the the world itself. It's like that cutesy music at some of those moments. I'm like, I'm not on your side, music. Um, and frankly, it's you know the whole heart of it that is a, is a comedic episode. I don't think it's that funny. I think the only one who does a good job is is Tybor. Um, I hope I'm saying that right, and I'm not just coming up with the name of a Tyborell from. from I think I might be saying a name of a character from uh, from Jungle Book, actually. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't like how Troy is handled. I think that they make her even more ineffectual and pointless than usual in an episode that holds her name in the title. She just sort of stands by while Luxana and, and Riker do everything. Hang on. It holds both their names in the title. They're both Troys. Fair enough. She's uh, Luxana Troy. I feel like it's a reference to Deanna. No, Deanna Troy. Disagree. Menage. I've Troy. always disagreed with that because I can't believe you're saying this right now. Luxana Troy is the Troy. Okay, I accept that reasoning. Okay, you've defeated that particular reasoning. That doesn't oh, change but that's my not perspective. Not going to change your opinion of the episode. That I feel like they should have. I wish you're like, oh, she, okay. <laughs> it's a nine Andes. She's our main character. She is. Luxana's a guest part. She's the Thanos of this. <laughs> Thanos consider- is the main character. No, I know. Avengers. Would you consider him the main... Of that story? He's the protagonist I guess, of that yeah, story. We follow. thousand percent. Yeah. He's also the antagonist, though. Yeah, but he's mostly the protagonist of that story. All right. Well, whatever the case. Uh, but, I mean, by that by that argument, then you could say that Luxana... Oh, Luxana is the... Protagonist of this episode. Right. But I guess I'm saying she's not the main character of the series. She's not the regular on the series. And I want to see, I would prefer to see Troy, Diana, save her mother than see Luxana figure out some way out of this. It just, I just, and, but bottom line, there's no, there was very little forward momentum. The, the B plot, it's not connected to the A plot in any way that, that advances momentum. I'm happy to What's see the all B the. plot? It's Wesley. Uh, I suppose that is and the B plot. We're like halfway sure through the, the episode and there's the still nothing mission? happening. That's what the way it feels. 
So, um, so I don't dig it. I give it a, but I like the Wesley stuff. Yeah. I like that he's promoted. That's maybe worth an Andy. I like the solution of the uh, the Algolian ceremonial rhythms. <laughs> ceremonial rhythms. Um, I have a feeling you might undercut me in your in your vote somehow, but I'm going to give it a two. How? Two Andys. Uh, two Andys given by Andy. This for me. This episode. Six Andys. Six Andes. Six Andes. That sounds... I like it a little more than an average episode. Often you surprise me. That one you didn't surprise me. That's exactly what I assumed you would be. Oh. Well, I meant 60 Andes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, everybody. It's time to see the trailer for next week's episode. It's Transfigurations. That's right, everybody. We are T-minus two weeks from Best of Both Worlds. Oh, we have one more episode before that? One more episode. It's Transfigurations. Is that a good one? I remember not enjoying this episode, so let's figure it out, guys. Here's the trailer for Transfigurations. I think it's about Data possibly uh, thinking he's going to change sexes. Yeah, all right. Let's see. He might be right. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation, a life-saving mission uncovers a mysterious humanoid. Who are you? What are you? He is one of four escaped prisoners. Is he the helpless Seen this before. of an evil plot? I cannot control what is happening to me. Or a fugitive who could destroy the crew? They don't know how dangerous you are. Find out on Star Trek The Next Generation. Seen the escape prisoner thing a lot. Snoozosaurus Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Is like, the first time you've used it? Yes. <laughs> That's great. Such... Like, I could not be less enthusiastic about watching a Star Trek episode than I am about having seen that trailer and having vaguely remembered this episode. Yeah. I am so unenthusiastic about it. It's very interesting. I was kind of, I I wasn't surprised because, you know, whatever, we've seen it before. But it's it's so interesting that we've seen so many episodes this season that are so good. Yeah, and you think, oh, they've got they've gotten their footing, and it's like, no, you're doing 26 episodes. Some are gonna suck, yeah, and some are gonna be great. And it's so weird that that's how television Look, works. There's this dark, there's this dark space in these shows that run 26 episodes or so, and it's usually, but it's in 22 honestly, episode seasons, even too. in 22. And I think it's essentially the episodes between episodes 18 and 21 when everybody's tired and they're it, just where trying it's to keep just up. like pff, whatever. So, yeah. listen. I'll but then, uh, by the same token... also when all my Goldbergs But then they happen. were waiting... <laughs> <laughs> they were also waiting towards... that They probably knew what they wanted to do with Best of Both Worlds. And so a lot of, of budget and a lot of... Um, yeah. Of, uh, of thought was being sort of drawn by that. I'm guessing. Yeah. Because if, that was, if that was part of, of the chaos of the end of a TV of, season, that's crazy. Uh, I'm kind of excited to sort of dive in again to Best of Both Worlds. And, it's been a while since I've seen it. I hope that... just sort of... Uh, you know, I was always... You know, I, there's part of me that thinks we should do an, an, another in-between episode just for the cliffhangeriness of the season three cliffhanger. Well, I had some suggestions. One is... Uh, we you could, had some given to you or you personally have suggestions well one suggestion that i'm sure has been suggested 
by others. I'm so confused. But was brought up <laughs> recently. But if you suggest, then I suggest, <laughs> but I cannot suggest because I am an android. And TOS. if you are an I am. Mud's women? A- yes. Yes, Secunda! Uh, um, uh, watching the uh, dark, uh, I did it again, Black, Black Mirror. Mirror. Um, oh, that was a Star Trek episode. In between. Uh, I don't watch, know if it was suggested as in between. I think it was. It was that was just my suggestion as a bonus pod. But we could do that. Is there anything else like a documentary that we should watch in between, like uh, Chaos on the Bridge? Obviously, optimally, it would be an Andy's uh, the awards, the Andy's show that we've long long promised, promise, and but will never deliver. Honestly, it's just too much of a production if nightmare only there for us were to two do people who had a lot of time on their hands and were good with audio production who could help us with something like the andes i just don't know where we'd find <laughs> anybody like that guys don't do it on your own that has to be part of the main podcast yes uh also um, maybe they want to help with the andes that's anyway reasonable. maybe not enough air horns for them so yeah there's some discussion. Obviously, we're doing Transfigurations next week. We'll be doing Best of Both Worlds the week after that. And then oh, I'm yeah. Thinking, so send in your suggestions of what we should do in the off, the off thing. The, I know everyone's going to say that. do an off thing. Everyone says the movies. I honestly feel like we should wait for live shows for the movies. That's my firm belief. Uh, Andy has a firm belief that we're doing live shows, which is very strange. <laughs> You'll see. You'll see. I'll prove you all wrong. I'll prove you all wrong. You can't, you can't tell me what to do. I'm being He's talking a real Ferengi. Ferengi yeah, there you go. I know that because... That's how you do a Ferengi. Well, I mean, it really felt transported there. Thank you. That's the beauty of your specific acting. You humans think that you can <laughs> tell oh, wow, me wow, when wow, to do a... He said humans like this. <laughs> humans. Wow, he's really good. To do a... a, a a movie. Now he's turning into Maurice early. <laughs> Cuckoo birds think you can do a movie in between seasons? Cuckoo bird humans. Humans. <laughs> oh, boy. We have fun here. Maybe so, that was where most of his anger came from. The, uh, the Ferengi was supposed to be the, the heroes. What? That's what so, I was Maurice, planning. Maurice, that's out of control. It just got away from us. You know what, Maurice? Hey, we're just going to have to beam you out of here. Okay, fine. Disengage. Disengage.